0: This is the Pain Train Preston Quinn, one half of the Extreme Horseman.
1: And when I want to hear music and entertainment, I come right here. You're listening to On the Fly with Stevie and Warden. You are listening to
2: On the Fly.
0: What's up, guys? On the flies, back again. And tonight, I guess what you call this expert panel of uh, music. But, uh, a while back, we were having a, uh, I don't know if it was a, the interview with Brian or, or Annie. And uh, this, well, it had to be Annie because Brian was popping in. Jim was yeah. popping in with the chat. We were talking back and forth on the music. And uh, Jim's girlfriend, the great Nicole, from Brickshaw media pops in and said you guys should do just and annie too you guys should just do a show and uh so we decided tonight we're gonna do a show and it is no no top 10 nothing like that it's just called desert island albums and with us tonight making his second trip back to on the fly I don't know if he's got the one-of-a-kind t-shirt on or not, not tonight. Me too. He's got it on. The <laughs> on the t-shirt that I have no idea where it came from. Uh, but with us is Brian Muehlen. How you doing, Brian? Hey. Yeah, hey. And, and making his on-the-fly debut. And, and look at that. Me and Brian were talking about before we came on, you know, the little – Things down here at the bottom. You see my handle at On the Fly and then at Brian mule Music. We were feeling kind of insufficient after we and you. He's got so much time there, you can't even you can't even finish it. Author, <laughs> producer, former radio DJ, and I don't know what else is there down there, Jim,
3: music lover,
0: music lover. <laughs> hey, yeah, we could add that to our list, Brian. We can do. I our think list. I'm a little
1: jealous of his suntan too.
3: I know. Look at that guy. Where are you well, at? I mean, I'm just outside of Nashville, so.
1: Well, you can go outside if you're in the South right
0: now, Brian. You can go outside for about for about 20 minutes and you can get a good tan because it's and it's going to be brutal this weekend. I don't know how it's supposed to be in Nashville, but they're talking about 97 degrees
3: this weekend in North Carolina.
0: So uh, yeah, get ready, it's for insane. That.
3: People are people are fighting over um, the ice. You know the oh, things yeah. when you go to the gas stations and the 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 ice in there. Everybody's fighting to climb into those.
2: <laughs> so,
3: this is Mr. Jim Law, so he's making his debut tonight. And
0: you see, uh, Jim is in Nashville, and uh, we we just had that conversation, chatting back and forth. And like we said, uh, Nicole and Annie came up with the idea. Well, I, I was all for it. I said I'm all for it. So tonight, Desert Island Albums, and look, this list is, you know, if we if all three of us go to a Desert Island. We're not going to have any room for anything else because it's going to be nothing but uh, albums and stuff like that up there. We don't have room for food or anything like that. It's Just albums. <laughs> That's all we're going to do, I man. Listen to albums. But we'll die we in three started, days because we have no food. Yeah. We no food. <laughs> before we get started on that, we have some sad news today in the music world. Uh, legendary. Would you call her a pop artist, or would you call her just a? I don't know. Would you call that pop? Sinead O'Connor.
1: Yeah, I would guess that I, was shit. I think back yeah. then it was alternative, wasn't it?
0: Mm, it was I don't know. I don't know. what anyway, Hey, Nicole's here. She's keeping an eye on <laughs> us. Hold on. Hey, guys. It's Nicole. Hey, Nicole. Okay. All right. So she's keeping an eye on us, making sure we're behaving, I guess. But, it, unfortunately, today, Sinead O'Connor, who had that big smash number one hit, Nothing compares to You, which – Originally was a Prince song. Prince wrote it It came out. uh, I guess the Prince had a group, a side group that he produced or something called uh, The Family, and they did it in 85. It got no traction there, but when she did it, I think it was in 1990, 91, it went to number one in like 20 different countries, stayed on the Billboard charts for four weeks. Nothing compares to you. I mean, it was – it was a smash hit. And, uh, you know, I'm not sure, we're not sure of the circumstances. We've been hearing some rumors, but we're not going to get into that. You know, you don't want to say anything until it's confirmed, but uh, yeah, she passed away at the age of 56 and uh, such a shame that we're seeing, especially that young. I mean, it's one thing to see the guys and, and, and ladies that we grew up listening to, they're getting to an age now where we it could be any day, any of these guys are, are passing away. I mean, you look at you know my favorite bands, Kiss. They're in their seventies, doing, wearing Gene Simmons is wearing thirty pounds of gear on the stage every night, and uh, I mean he's still doing it. So, but yeah, it, it's just a shame. Uh, Sinead O'Connor dead today at the age of fifty six. I mean, you guys you you're i'm sure you are you're all at the age you remember when nothing compares to you was was big on the charts and being a radio dj i'm sure you knew
3: oh yeah well you know and 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 i heard that song obviously when when she released it and many years later when i got started to gain an appreciation for prince he had actually released an album of all of the songs that he wrote for other people and that's when i think i first learned that he wrote that song yeah he wrote manic monday for the bangles i mean that's a lot of people don't know that that was that was kind
0: of strange but uh
3: i knew i forgot so i i knew i forgot a a band on my list today prince (laughs) bangles oh okay Okay,
0: now we got the other one uh, checking in with us and making sure we're behaving like Annie's, Annie's in oh here making, and uh, making sure that uh, somebody doesn't get in the doghouse tonight, too. Uh, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so
1: I did, I did that last time.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, what did we do last time? What did we I do did last
1: time? Favorite, favorite song, and I, I, I didn't pick one of hers. <laughs>
0: yeah, and I was trying to give you signals. I couldn't.
1: I you, couldn't were, really, you were, yeah. You gave me every opportunity. There, but
0: anyway, um, so let's just get it started, guys. And Jim, you're you're the you're the first timer here. We're gonna let you go first and name one of your albums, and you know we'll talk about it a little bit if uh, if it's one that if it's one that one of us has got on our list, just just say so, and that way we'll we'll go ahead and knock that one out. So go ahead. Oh, so,
3: so so, are there any rules or guidelines here? Because, you <laughs> know, I was really.
0: Thing, the only thing I can't I can say, and I should have made this clear from the start. I think it would kind of be cheating if we said greatest hits, because, mm. I mean, I could have said, you know, OK, you no. Know, like I said, with Kiss, I could have said Kiss's uh, box set, you know, and it had all of that up there. But I think it would be kind of cheating if you said something like that, like a compilation like that.
3: Yeah, you, and one, you know, I, if you got one, let me know. I wondered, but I do have a couple on here because as I looked back okay. at as I looked back at some of the albums for some of the artists, I was like, well, I really could listen to all of these, so I might as well put in the one album where I could listen to all of those. That's fine. You know, I, did, I didn't
0: lay that out, so you go ahead and. Whichever one you want to do, the compilation right. be fine this
2: time.
3: So you know, I was really struggling because I, you know, I've I cross so many genres as I'm looking at my list here that it's really difficult. Uh, and because I'm a mood music lover, right? So I've got an album or an artist or a song that fits any mood. So some of these albums can are also tied to a mood. Um, but I'm gonna come out with arguably. Um, an unpopular opinion, but it's a strong opinion of mine. And I have to say my first one on the list is going to be from Weird Al Yankovic. Yes. And, um, you know, I I would say any of his albums, any of them. However, um, I'd probably have to go with In 3D, which was released in 1984. I could sing every single song on that album. Start you, to end.
0: You are not gonna believe me, but you have me at Weird Owl, by the way. You're <laughs> okay. not gonna believe me, but I just recorded an episode last week with uh Brad Rustoven, who I don't know if he's watching or not, but he actually he did like the the, the show. A Weird Owl Top Ten. We just did that last week, and <sighs> I am oh I, I am a huge Weird Owl fan and like you, in 3D. If I had to pick one, it was in 3D, because that's where I started at. Um, yeah. I got that probably it, it came out in 84. That yep. was a Christmas Christmas present in 1984, and I think I got it from my grandma, and I got my little Walkman, went to bed that night, put Weird Al in, listened to it. Of course, you had to wake up and flip the tape over, but I yeah, I wore in 3D out. That was yeah oh, in yeah. 3D. I have no problem with with Weird Al, any of the stuff.
3: Well, and you know, the, um, and I put that at the top of the list, even though there were, there are albums on my list that, that precede that. Um, that album in particular probably starts when I started deviating from the musical influences of my parents who um were very eclectic. I got a lot of rock um from my dad. I got a lot of um country and and folk from my mom. And when Weird Al hit the scene, um me being a creator and I write parody songs myself, so oh, really? I just I just completely <laughs> fell in love with Weird Al. And um in 1999 I think it was, um um, I was at a radio station. I was the music director, uh, production director and uh, marketing and promotions director. So I went up to the count Basie theater in New Jersey to meet with the executive director. Cause we were planning a concert and the chief of security took me through the building. It took me into the green room and he's like, wait here, I'll be back. And I'm, I'm down there. And he's like, Hey uh, JC, which was my on-air name. He's like, I want you to meet somebody. And I turn around and Weird Al Yankovic is standing right there in front of me. My jaw dropped. Now, I have met a lot of actors and artists and and musicians over the years. But the first words out of my mouth when I met him was, was like, I was in your fan club when I was 10. And he just got this little smirk on his face. And he was like... Thank you. (laughs) And um, I had no idea that um, he was there. He was filming his VH1 behind the music. music, Yeah. That night I was set up with front row tickets. I got to meet him. I got to stay for the whole show. And to this day of all the shows I've ever been to, no one has been able to surpass Weird Al Yankovic as far as a show. Yeah. Now – I'm going to see Pink in concert for the first time in September, and I have a feeling she, she might may surpass- be able to elevate that bar a little bit.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, you'll never guess in a million years what I rank number one on my Weird Al okay.
1: top ten. The- yeah, kiss.
0: <laughs> no, I'm talking about on my Weird Al top ten. Oh, Weird yeah. <laughs> I thought you were I'm a to Star. The- I'm a Star Wars guy too now. <laughs> So you gotta know what it is then after I give you that. It could be two after the Star Wars thing, but but the saga begins. Okay. Brilliant. Anytime you can take American pie and make it into uh the episode one and, and doing that whole thing. I mean, I would love to pick his brain just to see how he does this stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah, that, that's 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 great. I I could you know we'd be I'd be okay switching out an album with you for a Weird Al album there. (laughs) All right, Brian, let's hear one of yours.
1: Yeah, I've got to start right off the bat with my favorite band. And my criteria was I've got to be able to listen to all the songs on the album. This one was no problem. Although, we're going to be listening to this one on the island for a long time because it's full of 10-minute songs and justice for all.
0: (laughs) Now and justice for all i remember when that came out thank you they had just come off masters of puppets and they just come off the tragic death of bassist cliff burton and you got jason newstead in there which i will tell you you jason newstead was my all-time favorite metallica member still is i mean he he just brought he brought something different to them like an energy on stage with the i mean when you saw him waving that head around banging that head and that hair flopping everywhere What really ticks me off about that album, though, and I know what I'm going to say, Brian. I know.
2: I know what you're going to (laughs) say.
0: Turning the freaking bass down on that album and doing it on purpose. I mean, because Lars and them would come out and say, well, we never should have done that. Yeah, you never should have. Why you won't even want the guy there if if you're going to turn his bass down?
1: Right, and it's not like he's a bad bassist. I mean, no. he was a great bassist before. He was, he was an there.
0: accomplished player before then. I mean, Heck he, yeah, yeah. but the craze that happened, because I remember, I mean, everybody remembers Headbangers Ball on MTV. <coughs> I love that show. I I'd, i I'd never had cable here. I'd always go to my friend's house, 12, <laughs> 11, 11 o'clock. They started a countdown. Then 12, they started Headbangers Ball. But Metallica had been adamant, we will never do a video. We will never do a video. And then all of a sudden one, yeah. one comes out. And boy, when they start with a video, they they did it really well. I mean, to, to do that movie, I forget Johnny Got His Gun, I think was the name of, yeah. of the movie they did the clips of in there, and it fits so well. I don't know if they wrote the song based on that movie or not. I've never heard. But it fits so well. And then to see them and they're playing and the looks on their faces when they were playing, like Lars, you know, say what you want about Lars, but it, gosh, that guy was pounding the drums on that yeah. one. But uh there's so many good songs on that album, and like you said, uh Harvester of Sorrow, uh Shortest Straw, uh,
1: Black MCS. yeah, every one.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's so hard, many good hard. songs on that album. I I could definitely listen to metallica with that
3: and see one one was probably my favorite song off of that album and when i saw the video for it it just really resonated oh, yeah. with me yeah yeah. and then of course um,
0: one gets one gets the shaft in the uh i don't know if it was the grammy awards or what for best hard rock song and all of a sudden i i remember watching that night i, was, I said this is a shoe in they got this they played right before the they gave the award And then they give it to some freaking Jethro (laughs) Toll playing a flute. I'm like, uh, come on, dude. I have never listened to but one Jethro Toll song in my life. And it'll be a long time before I listen to another one, I think. I don't know. To all those Jethro Toll fans out there, more power to you. But just not my cup of tea.
3: Now, see, Brian, I do have a Metallica album on my list. so
1: Okay. But it's I, I could not, probably put more on my list, but I, I yeah. think being on a desert island, you got to switch it up a little bit. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so this will be no, my first will be no surprise to anyone being the huge Kiss fan that I am. And the one that started it all for me. It's probably, I guess for nostalgia reason. And it's got uh, all the songs, except for a couple or, or songs that I, that I don't skip, but uh destroyer. I remember as a, as a five-year-old well was I five yeah yeah my older cousin had the album showed me the cover made me sit down showed me the cover and i'm just like a wide-eyed looking at the cover because they're looking like superheroes and then you hear the the intro to detroit rock city with the car crash and all that stuff and after that i was hooked i mean that the look got me there but the music kept me for all these years and this is going on 45 years now as a kids fan but you know god of thunder the eerie sounds that those kids are making in the background uh bob Ezrin's sons are saying stuff in the background and he he did a lot of different things on that i mean playing around with walkie-talkies had peter chris playing in like an elevator or something i think it was an elevator he was playing in to get a get a different sound but so many different things on that album and, uh, you know, ending with one of my favorite Kiss songs, Do You Love Me? And uh, but yeah, definitely. I had to have Destroyer first on my list. I'm just shocked. Shocked. I mean, everybody <laughs> out there right now. Cool. Who? Wow, wow, <laughs> wow. You really shocked me. But I promise you, before <laughs> this is over, you probably get a shock from me. All right. No, not shock me like Ace freely but anyway. <laughs> All right. All right, Jim
3: let's hear another one from you all right so we already covered Weird Al yankovic so um you know i did the best i could to kind of order this list and you know brian you touched on something previously when you said hey you you gotta love every song on the album right and that was one of the things as i kind of went back through and filtered this is um you know because historically anytime i've ever bought an album i've said man i gotta like at least four or five of these songs before i'm gonna spend money on it because Sometimes some of those uh, tracks that never get released to, to the public end up being good songs. It's just that the record label doesn't uh, see anything behind it. But uh, one that I could just play over and over and over and over and over and over and over, even to this day, is uh, Motley Crue's Dr. Feel Good.
0: You, took, you stole one from me.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, I could go a step further and say that I also have the um, – the uh, special edition that actually has uh, the three or four previously unreleased right. um, original demo. recordings of some of the songs, in addition to the ones that were actually released. Yeah. Right. That's a
1: good album. Good album. That I, got is, meet, uh, I got the Meat Vince that one time. Uh, oh, you yeah. Know, you actually, told me about that. Yeah. Out in uh, Leaper's Fork.
0: That album, because I I became a, a crew fan with Shout the Devil, but then every album – was a drastic change for them. I mean, they went from the leather at Shout the Devil to glam and glitz on Theater of Pain, where they were wearing lace and purple, and then kind of went to the biker thing with girls, girls, girls. And then they would just strip down, regular motley crew for Dr. was sobered up. And man, I guess they were sobered up. They said they were. But uh, that's, that's pretty much. A perfect Motley Crue album. I have to go along with you on that, Jim, because from the start, start to finish, there's no there's no filler in there. There's there's every song is is unskippable. I mean, don't don't go away mad, just go away. It's probably one of my favorites on that. Uh, Dr. Feel Good, of course, when that video came out and, and that was the first single, and you see them like that, I'm like, holy crap. And uh, but yeah, Doctor Feelgood, you stole one off my list there. So
3: <laughs> well, and you know, I, I recall my um my my daughters were in the car with me one day, and my youngest one at the time, I think she had to have been six years old, Uh-oh. and um I realized a little late in in the track of she goes down that she was singing <laughs> along with it, and I was like, oh. Well, I'm not going to cut on this because I don't want her to really know what she's singing. It's cute, but no, I don't want her singing that song. And so I change it. She's like, but dad, I was jamming to that. And yeah. I said, good to know. There's, there, you know, and there's a story I
0: tell, you know, my mom and dad always supported my love for Kiss, you know, at an early age. We always had the albums between me and my brother. And but she would never let me listen to Rod Stewart. Do you think I'm sexy? But I was like, and the older I got, you know, I realized, you know, I was walking around the house. There's a song on uh, Rock and Roll Over, and the opening line is, Put your hand in my pocket, grab hold to my rocket. And I'm all, walking around the house singing that. And I, I said something to him not too long ago. I said, Mom, you realize there was the opening line to one of the kiss songs that I was probably singing around the house and said, Put your hand in my pocket, grab hold to my rocket. And she was like, What? And she said, "Kiss was always all right to you." That Rod Stewart, you know, he he was just something else. I said, okay, whatever way." So yeah, you stole one of mine, Motley Crue, "Doctor Feel Good." All right, Brian, you are. So
1: I'm I'm gonna go one, go with one now that uh, I'm 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 kind of thinking I might steal another one here from Stevie, uh, but I gotta do it, and it's one that that would have really pissed my mom off <laughs> back in the day. Appetite for destruction.
3: Guns N' Roses. Uh, you stole that one from me too. <laughs> That's
1: on my list. That's on my list. It's, it's such a great. I mean, every song on that album is just iconic. Yeah,
0: and and it was different. I mean, they are bunched in there with with those, you know, the, those '80s groups like Motley Crue, yeah. Def Leppard. But that was different than anything Motley Crue or Def Leppard had ever done. Yeah. I remember, ninth grade bus trip to a baseball game and this guy was a senior and he starts playing appetite from the you know starts playing welcome to the jungle and i'm like what the heck is this and uh, you know after that i had to have it and uh probably what i would say with their best album i use your illusion one and two had a lot of a lot of build up and a lot of uh, hype to it but there's a lot of filler on on both of those albums compared to this. I mean, you, yeah. you it's, it's hard to find a bad song on Appetite.
1: Yeah. Well, use your illusion one and two. They had so many songs. Oh, um, gosh. I, I think the one that will, probably would have pissed my parents off the most was Mr. Brownstone.
0: <laughs> We've been dancing. Yeah. I remember yeah. as, you know, I was always in school. I was always the one that was trying to take care of everybody else when there was a little drinking going on. And it was a, one of my best friend came into our house spent the night with us one night and he had had a few and all of a sudden he's watching he's down there watching I don't know if it's Letterman or something and the Letterman band starts playing Night Train and he yells out in the middle of the night I'm on a night train (laughs) And I'm like oh my God we're in trouble now but luckily
1: we didn't hear anything but yeah and, and thank God we, we don't have Jim's daughter going around singing Night Train. Either. I'm on a night train. It's <laughs> <laughs> <earth's> so easy. <laughs> well,
3: you know, the, 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 the funny thing about the Appetite for Destruction is that um, when my friends and family can convince me to do karaoke, uh, Welcome to the Jungle is actually one of my go-to songs. Um, now, my voice has actually dropped a couple of octaves, so I can't hit the really high notes. So I like to say um that I have to I have to sing it in a lower um key now because um I can feel my testicles go up into my throat <laughs> if I don't do it that way. Um uh, <clears throat> but well, yeah. yeah, and you know and I remember um when my dad bought the the album in 1987 and I looked at him funny and I was like, "Dad, <laughs> what are you, what are you doing listening <laughs> to Guns N' Roses?" Um but Remind you, I got my '60s and '70s rock influences from my dad, so right. I, I remember doing a double take like that when he brought home some Quiet Riot records in the early '80s. So um, Quiet Riot, yeah,
0: I remember that. I remember when they came, Metal Health came out. Yeah. yeah. All right. So I'll kind of, you know, we've been doing some rockers and, and some weirdo. So now I'm kind of, I'm gonna kind of tone it down a little bit. And this is a group, this album, back in the day when I was like listening to Kiss and listening to Motley Crue and all this, if you mention this group's name, I was like, oh, gosh, no, no, I can't listen to that. But I guess in the early 90s, when they got, they did their reunion, got back together, I I watched them do their concert, Hell Freezes Over, and I sort of gained appreciation for them then, and... All of a sudden, I listened to Hotel California, and from there, I'm like, there is not a bad song on here. And I mean, from 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 the start at Hotel California, New Kid in Town, uh, Try and Love Again at the end, then the Last Resort. Yeah. I mean, they, this album is like, like I said about Motley Crue, this is a perfect album to me. I don't, you know they do the reprise. the The instrumental would waste the time, but and and I mean that could have been left off, But I like it there. But yeah, Hotel California for me from the trading guitar licks back and forth between you know Joe Walsh and uh, got Don Felder when they trade guitar licks back and forth on that Hotel California. It just uh, there is no fatigue with Hotel California for me and this album would definitely be one i'd have to take on a desert island
1: good album
0: yeah great album yeah all right jim
3: what's next
0: jim's full of surprises too
3: (laughs) yeah um um i'm thinking which one of these do i want to unveil next uh (laughs) You know, I'll, I'll, I alluded to it before, so I'll just go ahead and do the reveal. Um, I'm going to have to go with the Metallica, Metallica, the Black Album, Black Album. Yeah, that you know, um, for for a lot of the diehard Metallica fans, that was probably seen as a cop yeah, um, out. Um But but I think what Bob Rock did for them, it introduced them to millions, uh, tens of millions of fans that. Um, They probably didn't have before that and that was actually the first album i bought when i um got home from the marine corps and i played it to death uh on cassette and then i ended up buying a cd uh wore that cd out and then bought another CD. so (laughs) yeah
0: that uh i remember the all the talk after it came out oh they've sold out they're they're going away from their roots no, they adapted. They, and Bob Rock brought another level out of them. I mean, yeah, it, it was yeah, it was more. What you say, radio friendly with some of the songs because they weren't yeah. those long. You know, nothing wrong with those songs on "And Justice for All," but they weren't those ten minute long songs. They were, <laughs> and they were they were radio friendly from "The Unforgiven" to "Inner right. Sandman" to "Nothing Else Matters." Matter of fact, Brian, me and Brian talked about it. I don't know if you've seen it or not, Jim. Have you seen the uh, the documentary series on Paramount Plus, I Want to Rock? It's a three-part series on Paramount Plus, and it's really, really good. I mean, me and Brian, I, I finished that last episode today, Brian. I, I saw good what you were talking about. I'm not going to give it away in case Jim wants to watch it. Yeah,
3: there, I'll there was, watch it.
0: There was one part with Kip Winger talking about the downfall of uh, – of 80s rock music and and his downfall which you know between beavis and butthead stewart from beavis <laughs> and butthead and them um, and nothing else matters where large is throwing yeah. darts at his picture on the door which they say large has come out now and apologized for but you know yeah, yeah. nothing else I, matters with a great great metallica song to me
1: i remember that a lot differently though i i, I almost feel like Justice was, you know, I know Stevie. You always say "Justice for All" was was like a big controversy when it came out. I, I feel like that was like really anticipated because everybody wanted to hear it after Cliff was gone.
0: Yeah, um, I don't, I don't think it was, I, it was right it. after it came out. I think everybody, you know, years later, everybody was really knew something wasn't right, and then people started talking. Like when the internet, you start talking, where well, they turned the base down. You haven't noticed they turned the base down that. So I didn't really notice that till years later that changed yeah. my ear for music yeah but, uh, but i
1: remember black being the big controversy that that's they me sold about. out yeah and even more
0: it. even more after when they did load because they cut their hair everybody yeah. would say oh they're really going corporate now they cut their hair what was that some guys jerry Cantrell, <laughs> i think was in the audience no allison change was doing Unplugged, and some of the guys from metallica were in the audience and said uh Jerry Cantrell wrote on the back of his guitar, good friends don't let good friends get bad haircuts. And noted <laughs> for them.
2: Yeah, so,
0: yeah, that was a big issue then, but uh, Black Album was monumental. I mean, that's like you said, um, hard to find a bad song with that album too. Yeah. All right. What you got next, Mr. Mullen?
1: Um, I think I got to step away from The Rock for a minute, which I, I could probably go on with that all day, but I'm gonna go Mockingbird and Crow Hardy, and and we've talked about this before. Hardy, oh, yeah. he's just such an amazing writer. There's a song on there called A Rock, and and you know he just shifts the meaning of the word like five different times, yeah, and, does. maybe even more. I mean, it's just just amazing how he puts words together. And he might not be the best singer in the world. You um, know, in fact, I've seen some clips where he he's out of tune and all this stuff, but just The the writing is just phenomenal,
0: and see, I've got to go back and listen to more of it. But I remember listening to the rock because we talked about this last time we were we were together, and uh, and and you're right. He he shifts the meaning of that uh, the word the rock so many times. It's just brilliant the way he's wrote that song.
1: Yeah, and then another one of my favorites, you know, uh, (laughs) (laughs) thirty (laughs) odd (laughs) six all right so
0: get a little bit back into the rock side with this next one and uh this is another this is another one from the 80s and this band you know they like their classic stuff more and their the current stuff they do more than this 80s period but i'll tell you this without this 80s period of music they did i probably wouldn't be that big a fan I probably wouldn't have gone back and listened to any of the other stuff and i'm talking about and this is probably going to be a shocker for some people, Heart, Bad Animals. This album is, you know, I remember getting it through that great Columbia Record and Tape Club, you know, that I probably never paid for this album, but I got it. Uh, But from start to finish, there's some deep cuts in here that they do that are great. But the one that really kicks it for me is probably one of my top, it, it's probably in the top 10 of my favorite songs of all time is alone uh they kick major ass on that song when they you know she starts off just with that slow thing and then the guitar kicks in and the piano kicks in and you know that lady has some pipes on her
1: awesome. i think
0: alone i could alone never fatigues for me but uh from the start to finish like there's the girl uh Bad animals, you ain't so tough. Easy target. Who will you run to? Just a great album for me. and I, That's probably my favorite Heart album.
1: I think that album would surprised a lot of people. Like we've heard a it lot was. of those songs on the radio, and then probably a lot yeah. Of
0: people I, but you like you, you look at the hits. I think like there was three, four singles released. Alone. Who will you run to? There's a girl, and I want you so bad. But. You know the deep cuts on there are really good too. Because I, you know, back in the day, it wasn't like it is these days for the kids. When you bought an album, you know, you paid money for that. You paid like eight, nine dollars, whatever it was, or if it's a CD, you paid twelve or thirteen. You listened to that whole album at least once. You listened to the entire thing. Was not just the hits? And that gave me an appreciation for 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 this one, and probably got me some songs I wouldn't have known about. But, yeah heart let's see mark it off my list all right back to you Jimbo
3: okay <laughs> so I'm torn I might I might throw two of them at you because one of them is gonna have an asterisk based on the uh, excluding greatest hits um, but if I were to include a Greatest Hits album, it would probably have to be Chicago, Greatest Hits, 1982 to 1989. Gee, um, the Cetera era, so yeah. to speak. But, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but if we're not doing Greatest Hits albums, then I'm, I'm, I'm going to change it up, and I'm going to say Pink's uh, Hurts to be Cuban album. Um exactly. she did um a couple of great songs and and one of them was with Chris Stapleton uh, on that oh, album. Wow. Um say I have fantastic heard this, song. This is going
0: on my list. This is going- yeah. yeah.
3: Um there's yeah. another song on there called 90 Days that uh is really uh, powerful for me at that period of my life where, you know, it's basically talking about a breakup and how um You know basically if it's over it's over um but i'm gonna need 90 days to get you out of my system because you know a lot of people don't understand that uh that um you know the chemicals in your brain that cause you to bond when you're in love um are the same chemicals that you go through withdrawal so it it was really poignant that song uh, and and there's a bunch of other songs on that album, so it's it's arguably one of her better, uh, one of her best albums in my
0: opinion. I, I, I'm definitely going to put this one on my list because that 90 Day song is that's intriguing to me right now. I want to listen to that. But as sh- far as Chicago goes, yeah, Peter Cetera, you couldn't. I mean, back in that era, Peter Cetera could do no wrong. Even even after he left Chicago, but Chicago 17 when that came out. I remember that. You know, I'd heard. Uh, what was the one? Hard for me to say. I'm sorry. I think that was on sixteen, but yeah. then when seventeen came out and "Hard Habit to Break," uh, "You're oh, the yeah. Inspiration," "Oh Yeah," "Stay the Night," oh, oh yeah, God. they were. They that, were that, that's why I
3: have to say. That's why I have to say the greatest hits, 1982 to 1989 covers them all. <laughs> and I will say this:
0: I don't, I don't remember the guy's name that took over for Cetera after he left, but. He does a great job. He, they, I remember like okay, well, how's this gonna sound without Peter Cetera? What was what was the name of, with the song they did the first single they come out after Cetera left?
3: I can't remember. Um,
0: he did a great job on it. That guy,
3: yeah, they, they were featured in a Karate Kid movie too with uh, one of those songs after Cetera and, left.
0: And Cetera was in that, you know, Cetera, you know, really wrapped up on Glory of Love from Karate Kid too. Yeah. And that was that was insane but if if you look at and and i've i've tried to listen to some chicago before like 70s period and there's some good songs there but nothing for me beats the 82 to 89 or like you with david foster producing he got he got something different out of them and i think some of the guys were kind of upset looking at a documentary some of the guys were upset about david foster his direction that they were he was leading them into i was like how can you be too upset with him? He's making you millions right. of dollars on this. You guys right. do it better than you have, ever have. But David Foster, I just, I just love David Foster. He's, a, he's a genius as far as that yeah. goes. The, right. um,
3: the, the. In addition to that, 90 Days" by Pink. Um, the, the other song on that album uh, with Chris Stapleton is called "Love Me Anyways." Uh, those two are probably my two favorite songs on that album. But that whole album is great.
0: I will definitely put that on my album list. So, next up for me. And I'm going to be a little biased on this cuz this is a uh this is going to be a hometown guy and in a little town of 95 people in little I already old, know
3: where you're going. This Eastern is on my North list Carolina. too. <laughs> uh,
0: Mr. Chris Daltry with uh, his self-titled album Daltry. I mean, yeah. I will tell you this when he went on Idol. Chris had moved away probably when he was early teen teenage years, and we hadn't seen him. Uh, and then, you know, I'm going, I dropped my daughter off at my mom's house, and she said, you need to watch American Idol tonight. And she was like, Chris Daughtry is going to be on that. And I'm like, Chris Daltrey? I said, you mean the Chris Daughtry that used to deliver? She said, yeah, said, because his grandma and my mom were really close. And uh, we saw him that night, and I was like, Holy crap! Where did this come from? Then, you know, of course the the crap. How in the world he, you know, Taylor Hicks wins American Idol, uh, but that was that was all sabotage voting.
3: Well, that was the era. I, I can't remember the name of the website and the app that existed, yes. but you there were there was chatter about during that season and a couple of seasons um, right around that period, they were, um, they were always voting for the worst. Yep. Um, and I remember from the moment I saw uh, Daughtry audition, um, I was like, that's my pony. Yep. He's who I'm picking to go all the way. He, now he made it to number four. Yeah, and he's the most successful um, alum from that season. And oh, yep. when I voted off, I was like, the best thing he can do is uh, form a band, call it Daughtry, and be done with it.
0: You know, it was a couple of weeks after he got voted off. He came back to Lasker, did a concert here, and you know, he. <clears throat> I didn't get to talk to him that day. His 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 brother had told me said, so, you know, that was he he said that was probably the best thing that could have happened to him because mm-hmm. he would get to do his own music, what he wanted to do. If he was locked into that idol contract, had to play what they wanted him to play. But, you know, he had been offered, what, a chance to be lead singer for Fuel at the time. They had offered him that. Yeah. But uh, this album, when it came out, I remember it came out right before Thanksgiving that year that it came out. And I was like, you know, no, no – no pun intended, I was blown away. When you hear it's, oh, yeah. it's not over, and that's the first line to it, I was blown away, what could I say? But, and then to hear Home, and, yeah. uh, you know, he played that at the concert here. That was the first time I'd heard it at the concert here. Uh, and, and to dabble a little bit down the road off the second album, it's pretty cool when your hometown, when your town gets a song, wrote about it. If you listen to September, that song is right he, he told his dad he said that's about Lasker. you know that's about the town that we grew up in and uh yeah it's pretty cool but yeah that's that album from start to finish uh, over you really really good uh it's not over what about now feels like tonight he just had him coming left and right uh little little sophomore jinx with that other album but he, he did pretty good with that but it's kind of getting back to his uh his rock roots now, he kinda went in a different direction for a while, but now I don't know if you guys listened to any of his his latest stuff, but uh it's oh, pretty his, good.
3: Have you have you heard um his separate ways, uh, separate ways with Lizzie Hale? That oh, is fantastic. My gosh, I love
1: it. it. have you heard that, Brian? I have not. Is that from Lizzie Hale from Hailstorm? Yeah, yeah, they do a so cover. That's on my Chris list. Chris
3: Doctrine and Lizzie Hale released a cover of Separate Ways Worlds Apart about four or five months ago, and it is even better than the original. Oh my, my gosh,
0: they they I'm kill surprised. it. They they kill it, bud. You'll you'll love it.
3: All right. So back around, come around the corner of the gym. Back around. All right. Uh Did we do Brian? So, no, we skip'
0: do I'm, I'm, I'm gonna
3: do an, I'm gonna do an I honorable gonna I think I, I I'm did. gonna do an honorable mention <laughs> because right. again I'm gonna do an honorable mention because again um, it's a it's a greatest hits album because you you can't pick just one I don't think but the uh, great Alabama uh, <laughs> the the for the record album with 41 oh, number man. one hits on it um, it covers everything. And that was actually one of my influences. I was first introduced to Alabama in the 70s. My mother absolutely loved Alabama. So we had all those eight tracks and whatnot that we were listening to all the time. So when that came out, um, I had to get it because it had everything on it. Oh, yeah. So um, that that's an honorable mention. Um, I'd have to say... I'm looking at the list here. A couple of them were stolen from me. What can I mention here? <laughs> you know what? I'm just gonna let. I'm just gonna go with my honorable mention, okay. uh, unless it, unless it's against the rules. I'll save my uh, next uh, yeah, one yeah, for the next will, time around. We will
0: definitely have that. All right, Brian. I'm gonna give you two this time. We skipped over you last time so I'm All, all right. right. That's all right.
1: Yeah, that's okay. So uh, you know, I think. The, the, the reason this was so hard is because I, I, we just don't consume music this way. I, I was saying this before, you know, we started, you know, listen to Spotify and you pick the songs that you want, but I'm going to go back to two albums that, um, you know, I actually did just buy when I was a kid and just played and played and played. Um, one of them is Def Leppard Hysteria.
0: Stolen. Um, yeah. Did I steal it? <laughs>
1: I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm stealing all yours. Um, but I mean, from the, the very first, you know, women to Armageddon, it's just every song on that, I mean, just over and over again. And that's not the only Def Leppard. Like I feel like even now, um, I appreciate Def Def Leppard even more, um, where I probably would have skipped some songs on Pyromania and, and high and dry before, man, I'll listen to all those now. I mean, they're they're just, they're so good. And so they're, they're relevant. I, I feel like even today. Um, and the other one I'm going to go with, uh, and and it, it was because I was, I was kind of trying to get into guitar back when I was in high school and it didn't really go so well for me. Uh, but I really, I just over and over again, I played Jimi Hendrix. Are you experienced? Okay. Okay.
0: I'm writing down hysteria, so I'm going to bring that up again. But yeah, Def Leppard hysteria. Do you guys remember? I don't know if you guys were like me, but whenever, you know, if I went grocery shopping with my mom or anything like that, it was either circus or hit parade or I was picking up. And every month, and I would read it cover to cover. And the build up to after Pyromania to hysteria. I mean, for a long time, you know, it seemed like every month they had a story on Def Leppard in there and talking about. They're recording the, the the new album. And then to have, you know, Rick Allen have the, the accident where he got his arm taken off the car accident. And you're not, you're wondering, okay, what are they gonna do now? You know, they're gonna have to bring somebody in. And then he comes out and he hasn't missed a beat. I mean, this guy hasn't missed a beat. And it that right there, I know people there's a lot of the leopard fans and rock fans that say pyromania. But to me, you know, this was like School Dance, you know, Love Bites, Hysteria, uh, Rocket, Women, uh, so many, Animal, so many great songs. I mean, how many, how many singles came off that album? And that I don't know. it is no telling. I, I bet it was at least six,
1: two, three, four, pour some sugar on me for sure. God's yeah. It. Oh, yeah. Hysteria. So five or six, yeah. Maybe love and
0: affection even, too. Pour some sugar on me became a stripper's best friend. I mean, that was (laughs) every strip club was playing pour some sugar over and over again. What were you doing back then? I don't know
3: what you're talking about. I don't know what you're talking
0: about. I was too young to be in a strip club when (laughs) pour (laughs) some sugar on me come out.
3: But, you know, I've I've, – over the last couple of years, I've always – you know, the picture of the calendar with a pile of sugar on it at the at the start of May, you know, do the meme, you know, pour some sugar on me. And I feel like now I need to update that, maybe have a picture of Brian May uh, oh, and, yeah, a, yeah. and a thing of sugar, you know, <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> but uh,
0: yeah, that was that album. And, and to hear if you watch some of the, the documentaries and hear them talking about it. Mutt Lange was in, in there originally and then left. They got some other guy and they were not happy with him at all and then Mutt Lange comes back and the rest is history. I mean, everything Mutt Lange pretty much turned to turned to gold or diamond because he's got several diamond albums. Alright. So, you stole one there. Jimi Hendrix. Uh, you know, I, I like Hendrix. I like, like Purple Haze and, and Voodoo Child Um, some of the other stuff. I remember the first time I think I heard Hendrix was, you remember the, everybody remembers We Are the World, but then the heavy metal guys did a tribute, like a a album to raise money. They called Hearing Aid. And I bought that cassette and it had a, that was Can You Hear Me, I think was the name of the song that he put on there. But I remember hearing that, for the first time I was like, huh, okay, this is different. But uh, all right, we're going to get away from the rock rock stuff for a while for well at least for my turn right now and this uh this album came out in 94 so you know it's not any anything like death leopard or anything like that for it uh but i remember watching this group on the album before this album before they went i mean they just took off and everybody was looking forward it was looking forward to this album and they lead off with their single um okay man annie's i'm gonna i'm gonna say i gotta something from annie in a second but oh. this one was uh <laughs> Boy, boys to men's second album simply called two i mean they they start off with i'll make love to yeah. you yeah. uh that was a huge hit and, yeah. and after end of the road came out between cooley high harmony and uh and two which you know end of the road stayed on the top of the charts for 13 weeks and, and T- I think it tied the record with Whitney Houston. Wow. I will always love you. But then uh, on bended knee, water yeah. runs dry. Thank you. You, and, and you, then stole, it
3: just, you stole one of mine off of my list. I had that on there. Finally. But, yeah. <laughs> well, they, finally, you 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 got me with Daughtry, too. Okay. So.
0: Okay. So, I got two from you. But, yeah. These guys, you know, Wanya Morris, who I think is incredible. And uh, what's. I can, I can never remember this guy's name sean uh stockman oh my gosh all of them are yeah. incredible but those two right there are are the best for me and I, and I wore you talk about wearing a tape out i wore the two tape out tried to why I, I, I just went and bought the cd after that but yeah uh boys of Men two is one of my albums there i'm glad i stole two from you now <laughs>
3: Well, see, and I was looking because, you know, like I said, I I, I did rank these, but they're also kind of in an unranked order because I span from like 1966 to now. (laughs) And I was like, man, it really just depends on the mood. So I'm going to skip down a few levels, not because it's less important, but because I also wanted to change it up from rock to represent the late 80s. Um, Uh Uh-oh. And I and I have to say I gotta go with Easy E Easy does it. Oh my lord! Do you know we
0: wore we right. wore that tape out. I <laughs> mean, it, gosh, when you hear what it's a Dre saying, "Hey, Easy, come off the come off the piano and, and rap for a while," and y'all sitting and then woke up <laughs> quick at about noon. <laughs> yeah. Easy does it. I mean, the late, great Easy e
3: Yeah. Well, and you know what the ironic thing was is um, I remember one of the songs, me and a buddy of mine, we'd be driving down the street, and we'd be cruising down the street in my six-fold. And the irony is that I now have – uh, a six point four liter um, Dodge Charger. So every time I think of that song, it makes me smile do you, a little do bit. You, do
0: you start that thing up and crank up that song when you when you do it. Any you ever done that? Oh yeah, oh yeah.
3: <laughs> and you know, I remember a buddy of mine also named Jim. Uh, we used to cruise around town in his Mazda RX seven, and we would have that album blaring out the yes. windows, and you know, that and that was really, um, you, you know, because like I said, you know, at the beginning of the 80s, with my first choice that deviated from my parents' influences being Weird Al Yankovic, and yeah. then to end the 80s with, with having 80. transitioned all the way through rock influences and, um, and then Eze, who I who I latched on to from NWA before the rest of the world really knew who you know right. Dr. Dre and some of the others were, all of whom have gone on to huge careers. I see. And and so you know when my daughters they got into um, what they call rap nowadays. Um and I said, No, I'm gonna put together a list for you and this is what we're gonna listen to. So I introduced them to um, you know, NWA, Dr. Dre, <laughs> Tupac Shakur, Digital Underground. Um all around the
1: world same. Yeah, and they're
3: like, Oh, oh yeah. So, this is actually this is actually
0: sounds like music. Yeah. Not like that what I uh, this stuff today, I just I'm sorry, I can't do it. Here's here's what Annie had to say a while no, back. No,
1: wait, wait, no, wait, wait. Let me let me pick my album first. <laughs> oh no, no,
0: no. This was about. This it, is about. Am I get show, in trouble? No, no. You're okay, not in yeah. trouble. No. You,
1: <laughs> not, wait a minute.
0: No, this was about when we talked about Def Leppard a while ago. Uh, she said, "For your info, pour some sugar on me. It reminds me of the roller rink." And she's shaking my head, <laughs> showing my age. Yeah. No, you're not. You're not in trouble yet, Brian. You're no. Like, minute, let me, let me <laughs> well, I, mean, I, I don't know. There's not a lot of
1: roller rinks around anymore.
0: but No, we have one. We have one nearby, and I actually think that thing is turned. It that got turned into a church. So. <laughs> I don't, I think this is Nicole down here's laughing because she thought because you, you thought you were in trouble, Brian. Well I
1: haven't gotten to I haven't gotten to it yet, but that's my next <laughs> so Oh here we know, go. Of
3: course it's before
1: next. I get in trouble. I have to choose anything Annie Vander. She doesn't type it have an album out yet. Like, <laughs> you know, falling in the national her new song, He Himself and Him, which was what number which one stream song big news. On play big news and, for Annie. Congratulations yes, to Annie. Right?
3: Nice. Yeah. Congratulations. So, so
0: looking for big, big things. You just just remember the little people, Annie, when uh, <laughs> you make it big, when you're rubbing shoulders up there with Jason Aldean. Remember uh, they get, uh, on the fly up here now. Remember that. <laughs> all right. So all right, I'll give you two on that. You, all all right, right, good. That got you out um, of the doghouse.
1: Yes. Now I'm going to go with uh, <laughs> this one. This one's a little tough because I can't say I love every – every song on this album, but I I love this band um, and I love a lot of the songs on this album. It's Mechanical Resonance by Tesla. You know, so you got to do modern day cowboy and little Susie changes changes. Yeah. Getting better. I, I I just, those are, there's a lot of good songs on it. Maybe not every song is great, but um, I could listen to it over and over.
0: Yeah. That one, I have a Tesla one on my list that we'll talk about a little bit, but uh, that one didn't, didn't make it, but it was close. Um, So where am I going to go next? (laughs) Yeah. Nicole said, I always have to show love to our clients and (laughs) Annie, of course, Annie, thank you guys. Your support means the world. Of course, we're going to, we're going to, you know, if it takes, we'll do whatever it takes to keep Brian out of the doghouse. (laughs) (laughs) anytime so where do i go here all right okay we haven't gone well yes we have we've done one this one was you know and i think brian will probably know i think he's heard me tell this uh before this album came out all through the 80s i was anti-country music I was like, no. And there was, I mean, I could do, it. I could deal with some Alabama, but it was like, if you turn it to a country music channel, I was like, good Lord. So this guy came out and everything changed and I became a huge country music fan. And I'm talking about Garth Brooks, No Fences. Uh, From top to bottom there, I mean, Friends in Low Places was, of course, we always listened to that when we were out doing something we weren't supposed to be doing. But, uh, you know, the Thunder Rolls, I mean, gosh, just a powerful song. But and this pretty much started his ascension into legendary status and uh, no, no telling how many albums that Joker has sold. Uh, (laughs) But Annie's (laughs) Annie's telling on you a little bit here, Brian. Uh, Brian was (laughs) anti-country until just a year ago.
1: Well, I was, and, and you know, I, I, gosh, I mean, we could talk all day about how hair metal died, you know. But you know, we, a lot of people talk about grunge. Gosh, I think the first, what um, Garth Brooks sold more than three of the, the top artists on that yeah, list. Yeah, they were talking,
0: they were talking about that on that documentary, you know. Yes, they, they, uh, Ricky Rackman said everybody thinks grunge killed, uh, killed. 80s rock, but if you look it's at funny. it, look at Garth Brooks. He sold 12 million copies of album one year, where he named he named three bands that didn't come. I can't think it got to nine million between those three bands. He was but, yeah yeah eighty million or something like that. Yeah, I mean unanswered prayers, which was was, was great. I'm a sucker for a ballad, so uh, I'm just looking over to same old story, uh, but yeah, from from number one at Thunder Rolls to to number ten at Wolves, it's it's just top to bottom. Five five singles released. Uh, Wild Horses was one. I mean, it's probably one of the most influential country albums, especially yeah. at that time. But yeah, I, I figured I'd try to uh, try to change it up and keep with Jim's Alabama for a little while.
1: Yeah, and Andy's telling on me because it was probably about three years ago. Uh, that <laughs> I, I was still listening to Hair Nation on XM Satellite, and that probably yes.
0: I busted him listening to it so many times till he caved and told me he started to like it.
1: Oh, <laughs>
0: Annie is filling secrets out here right now. All right, what you got next, Jim?
3: All right, uh, I'm trying to think. I want to. I want to kind of mix continue with the little mix it up before I circle back to some of the other influences. Um, You know, you mentioned boys to men too. Um, You know, and, and I got to go with Cooley high harmony in 91. um, Because uh, it, it was just a great album. And, and those guys are so talented and to, to see, uh, the music they can make whether they have music behind them or not i mean even if they're well, they, just they doing cappella, i mean good. yeah yeah so that that one is uh one that i could probably listen to over and over again yeah
0: it's it's so hard to say goodbye to yesterday was one yeah. that uh
3: just- i remember i was on the air uh, at the time i was working at a R&B station and I had gotten a phone call that one of my great grandmothers had passed away, and I dedicated that song to wow. her on the air as soon as I found that out. Um, it was still, one of my favorite songs to this day, and yeah. and their two album also. I mean, it just carried the momentum forward. So I've always, I've always loved Boys to Men. Um, you know, I can't say that their later albums are as complete as those first two, but um, they're still very very talented and i love listening to them I, i'm i'm taking brian's not a
0: big boys and men fan uh like we are we he's, he's kind of quiet on here so i'm i'm going to ask you this jim mm-hmm. what do you think changed i mean i know i know i know all kind of music goes through phases you know of course you know you had the 80s rock then you had grunge uh but what do you think changed as far as Popular that that affected the popularity of boys
3: to men? You know, I don't, I don't know. I, I think, you know, music, I, I've asked myself that several times. I, you know, I think music changes. I, I honestly think, uh, it has more to do with, um, the decisions made at some of the labels than it does about the tastes, um, From the public because you know i've said this before um some of the most talented musicians that i have been blessed to have found or listened to um don't get played on the radio right you know um so yeah there are occasionally music that i hear on the radio that i like but Hands down, most of the stuff that I find these days are talented musicians who can make me feel something. And that's where my love of music comes from. So I really don't think um, the public shunned them. I think that as the music industry changed, um, everybody was going on to the next best thing, right? So they were the boy band, they were the boy band of the. Early 90s, which transitioned into the boy bands of the late 90s and early 2000s, which then led to the boy bands of the 2000s. And we, you know, we can't forget, you know, the boy bands from the 80s, um, NKOTB or the, uh, you know, the Jackson Five, the original boy bands, (laughs) you know. Yeah. I remember uh, New Kids
0: when they came out, that album, like you, and I don't know if you guys remember or not. I'm sure you do. You you joined Columbia Record Tape Club. You got an album of the month. If you didn't send the thing back in, you got that album. And mm-hmm. the New Kids album came, a cassette came to me. And I was like, what is this? But I will tell you this. I'm not ashamed to say it. The ballads they do, love them. You know, mm-hmm. please don't go, girl. Now the hanging tough crap, okay, I can deal. I can, <laughs> uh, I can deal without that. But uh, yeah, the ballad, like I said, I'm a sucker for a ballad, and uh, I could deal with that. And it was, you know, that was that was the '80s high school dances, right there, bud. Right, I didn't yeah. shy away from when "Please Don't Go, Girl, Come On" to ask yeah. somebody to dance. But yeah, so boys and men, coolly high harmony, and uh, Annie is just chiming in. You know, she she had to show you some love. Uh, and then, and then she Obviously. showed me. She showed me some. Uh, she's gonna pick on me because you've been on here twice before she has.
1: Oh boy! Oh so
0: boy! I, I'll probably, I, it looks like I'm in the uh, Annie Vander doghouse for a little while I guess. At least somebody else's time. All right. So who you got next,
1: Brian? Um. So I'm gonna go a completely different direction, but I kind of agree right. with what Jim was saying. Like some of the best uh musicians don't get played on the radio um and i remember back when this band was kind of popular they just didn't play metal on the radio that much um you had to go other places to consume metal uh you know and guys like gosh randy rhodes and cliff barton and uh gosh uh, even kip Winger, just amazing you know musicians and i guess maybe he's not metal but um pantera uh, vulgar vulgar display of power
0: you know the songs
1: like walk this love um and hostile
0: <laughs>
1: i have not, stuff you could listen to when you're angry just over and over yeah you right? would definitely
0: have to be angry I, i'll tell you and you know brian about my list my album list that i, I listen to complete albums and that came up on my album list and i was like you, you know it's an acquired taste and uh like, I like walk, but, yeah, you definitely have to be pretty angry to, to, be a, to listen to a lot of this Pantera, but, yeah.
1: I was, was a pretty angry kid, kid so.
0: <laughs> I can't believe that. You're such a laid-back guy. It's hard to believe that. All right. So where do I go now? Okay. okay. We talked about him a little bit earlier, and we talked about some – uh-oh, the dogs don't like it. I know. Something, <laughs> they don't like something. Annie's riling Annie, up. see, Annie's getting in trouble up there. After you talked <laughs> all that junk to me, you're getting in trouble. I, I got those dogs riled up now. Um, We talked about them a little a bit earlier, and we talked about a perfect album. And to me, this is one of those perfect albums. I remember buying this. This was a birthday present. Uh, this, The year I, I got this for my birthday, it was – This cassette, the new edition self-titled cassette, and Kiss Animalized. I'm talking about Prince, Purple Rain, the Purple Rain soundtrack. I mean, from Let's Go Crazy to uh, When Doves Cry to Baby, I'm a Star. Uh, Yeah, and you definitely didn't want your your kids to be listening to Darling Nikki. But uh, to, to tap it off, you've got Purple Rain. I mean... It's just a beautiful song. And and then you watch the movie. You know, The movie's not so great as a soundtrack, but I could go back and watch it over and over again. But uh, yeah, Purple Rain, to end it with that, that ballad, uh, it's just, to me, it's it's Prince's, by, I know a lot of people probably disagree with me, it's by far Prince's best album. But uh, yeah, Purple Rain, I, that would be one I would be taking with me.
3: You know, there's... I'll I'll be the first to admit that I was not a fan of Prince in the 80s. Um, It wasn't until the late 90s when I got introduced to Prince by someone who absolutely loved Prince. And we'd go through each and every one of those albums and dissect. And that's when I came across the album where he uh, did all of the songs that he had written for other people. Um, I can now say that I am a Prince fan. I own all of the albums that I've been able to track down. Um, And I do, in, in retrospect now, I do have an appreciation for the Purple Rain album. That I did not have when it was first released. Because, as is often the case back then through the 80s and 90s, when the world is screaming, Oh, I love this because it's so popular, that's usually when I look away and I go find yeah. something else. Yeah. I, I try to find something obscure, which is why my list is so eclectic. Yeah. Uh, because I wasn't always involved in the most popular thing when it was popular.
0: Yeah. This was, uh, you know, you had the whole. Prince versus Michael Jackson back in this, at this time, you know, yeah. thriller versus purple rain. I was totally in, in in the, in the Michael Jackson thriller thing. And I guess I meant to say that earlier. I guess that's what kind of drew me to the weird Al in 3d when he did eat it. Uh, yeah. But you know, Prince, you know, you, you had just great stuff. I remember, and I've said this several times, Casey Kasem became, like, my best friend back in the day because you didn't have have the uh, Apple Music or anything. You'd listen to Casey Kasem on Sundays and listen to the Top 40 with your jam box sitting there, record on piles to get all your favorites on. And Prince, which Prince and Michael Jackson were all over that that year. I mean, all over that. But, yeah, Prince, like like I said, I liked some of his his stuff after that. Uh, You know, the Diamonds and Pearls and and stuff like that but nothing like i said nothing has touched purple rain in my eyes at least in my opinion since then i feel so a little I'm, out of
1: this one because i don't i, I think I, if I remember right i don't think my parents let me even watch purple rain and they didn't let well, me in a lot of prints but as, i did go <laughs> to the prince museum in seattle so if you guys ever get out there to see the memorabilia and the stuff that they have in, in that museum is pretty his awesome.
0: his uh the people that are in charge of his estate are actually starting to put more stuff. out. I know they came out with a live album a couple of years ago from, from, I guess it was from the purple rain tour. And, you know, he was weird at concert, but he, he would do, he would do some long, long versions of songs. I'm talking like 15, 16 minute long versions of songs. But uh, Prince was great. I, I, as far as going back and watching purple rain, the movie, just go into it with a open mind that Prince is not an actor. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Prince is not. A, it's kind of like, it's kind of like kiss meets the Phantom of the park. It's so bad. It's it's good. I mean,
3: yeah, but you know what, when I was a kid, I loved that movie. <laughs> oh yeah, I did too. I
0: mean, what was it? Are you going to bathe yourself in the, in the waters of what it was that Lake something? I can't remember what, what the Lake was What he told Apollonia that I was like, what? This guy's
3: weird. But,
0: uh, yeah, he was, he was a man though. He was definitely a man and he didn't do bad for a guy that had no acting experience, but he, he didn't set the world on fire either. Uh, all right, Jim, your turn. All
3: right. I'm going to lean obscure because, uh, again, as I transition through the eighties and nineties, um, you know, um, I've got this album from Le featuring K.O. in my electronic pop dance phase. Uh, The name of the album was Tonight Is The Night, which had the song Tonight Is The Night on there. Uh, But arguably my favorite uh, dance song off that album was Call Me, which I even made into a ringtone for myself for a period of time. Um, But the whole album, front to back, um, was just – dance music 140 beats a minute 120 plus beats a minute in every song it was real good up-tempo album from 1997 so so that's an obscure one i'm gonna have to when i
0: when my time comes around i'm gonna have to it may not it wasn't obscure but it's gonna be a shocker to you guys but annie's annie's all over the place i guess she's got the dolls <laughs> calmed down now how have you none of you said anything lenny kravitz yet love his yeah, stuff. Yeah. i love lenny kravitz but I just don't have one that would be a desert island. It's not one that I had every song, you know, on the album. It, he's got some great yeah. songs, but not the, it, the one
1: it, with American Woman on it is, is pretty good. And I can't remember the name of the album now, but uh again, I probably just not every every song. Yeah, yeah.
0: I just it's not every one for me. All right. It's your turn, Brian.
1: Um, I'm gonna go gosh, back to the nineties and back to rock. Lincoln Park Meteora oh yeah I, that's one i you know i just remembered you know sitting in the car with my tape deck and <laughs> it might have been cd back then i don't know but yeah, you just listen over and over
0: yeah I, I i never really got into lincoln park i've heard some of their songs uh you know of course chester i remember the big thing i remember from them was when chester came on and did uh didn't he collaborate with Motha Crew and did a home sweet a version of Home Sweet Home? He might have. He I, think it, I think it, he did, but I may be wrong there. But uh, He was
1: on CNBC before he passed, too. He was involved in some investment stuff.
0: Uh, uh, and I'm really getting in Annie's doghouse now. Yeah, I, I want you to know that because <laughs> she, she is. <laughs> When I said that about Lenny Kravitz, she's and, and all, case, all, good. all good. So I'm I'm okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm, let me see if uh while we're sitting here. Yeah, he did a version of Home Sweet Home with Motley Crue. So I don't remember we listened to it that much, but you know, gosh, one of the one of the uh all-time best power ballads out there. You you know you Everybody talks about. I think I was listening to a podcast the other night where somebody was talking about a, an album uh, that had probably outsold Theater of Pain. But then, a, then a guy, another guy, brought up, you know, yeah, you got to remember Home Sweet Home was on that album, and yeah, it Theater of Pain had outsold about at least two million, and that was probably just because of, of Home Sweet Home.
3: But oh, you know, and you know, mentioning LinkedIn or uh, Lincoln Park, not LinkedIn. Um, <laughs> it 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 made me it made me think of Fort Minor, um, and I and I can't believe I forgot to include Fort Minor's "The Rising Tide" album, which had uh, uh, "Remember the Name," "Where'd You Go," stuff like that. So
0: Fort Minor, see, I've never listened to. That. Oh, yeah, I've not
1: listened to that either. Um, that's I'm gonna my, have to check in my
3: yeah, Fort Minor is the offshoot of Lincoln Park. Um, okay. So, um, Mike, um, Mike, what's his name? The guy that does the rapping for Lincoln Park. He's he's uh-huh. the front. He's the front man for Fort Minor. Okay,
0: I have to check them out. All right, this is where I'm going to shock you guys.
3: This is one that, and you know, unless I, it turns up on my list deep in the trenches if it does
0: if it does I will be shocked I'll put it this <laughs> way because I always ask all the guests on my show what's your guilty pleasure what's one that somebody would be shocked that you you listen to and I mean there's nothing wrong with listening to you know I, I say it's a guilty pleasure but there's really nothing wrong with listening to every kind of music because you know I, I, I might have one
3: of and- those on here <laughs>
0: I get tired of people saying you know and I was just as guilty of it back in the day you know with with my dislike for country music when I was listening to 80s the, I was like yeah well you can't listen to 80s rock if you're listening to uh, if you're listening to country music and vice versa you can't listen to pop if you're listening to 80s rock that's you know of course I got my head straight now. And even back in the day, I may have been in the closet with this one, but I was listening to this, and, man, was I crushing on this lady right here. Uh, and this, I, album, I, this I, album came out in 1989. <laughs> and, I mean...
3: It's going to be Paula Abdul, isn't it? No,
0: no, <laughs> no, no, no. This Lita is, Ford. No, no, th- no that, that wouldn't shock get- you, the fact that I, I would be listening to Lita Ford. <laughs> I actually... I'm looking over here at it right now on my shelf. The I'm trying to guess
3: who came out in 1989. Taylor, Taylor Dane. It's like
0: a it's a three disc with a DVD on it too. You'll <laughs> never guess. I guarantee, Jim, you'll never guess. It's nobody <laughs> in like in 80s rock. Brian knows. I think I told Brian.
1: I think okay. I know. I'm pretty sure I know. All
0: right, this Do album. the reveal. This album, get ready. <laughs> Electric Youth by Debbie Gibson. Yes.
3: (laughs) Oh, I, nope, I, uh, is that the one that had Only In My Dreams on it?
0: No, that was, this was the one, that was her debut. That was, uh, this one was, uh, the one that had Lost In Your Eyes.
3: Okay. Uh, No, I'm right there with you. I mean, Debbie Gibson, um, oh yeah, that, I used to listen to the song Only In My Dreams on repeat over and over and over. But,
0: I'll tell you this. Uh, I, I love this. I bought the CD as a kid. I kind of snuck it, I guess, into with some other, st- other like rock CDs I have when I bought it. But uh, later on in life, it's funny. Uh, my daughter, she's 19 now, but she was like three years old. And I had an old Debbie Gibson VHS that I'd actually got for Christmas one year. It was live around the world. It had, her on tour playing, and then it had the videos for all the singles from, uh, from electric youth. My daughter watched it nonstop and there's video on YouTube of my daughter at like three years old saying, uh, singing lost in your eyes. And, uh, what was the other one? No more rhyme. And uh, a while back I reached out was several times. I've reached out to Debbie Gibson's publicist about an interview which you know, I know I'm grasping at straws, but what's the worst they could say is no, and I actually got a response back this last time. You know, she is swamped right now. We'll come back around to you, which which was like great. I was like, okay, and I said I've got to share this with you, before, you know, and if you want to share it with her, that's fine. So I sent her the YouTube link of that, and she's like, oh my God, this is precious. I mean, and, and you know, it's it was just funny how. You know you you put that on your on your kids and she but she took right to Debbie Gibson she loved her still to this day loves her but yeah mm-hmm. I figured I shocked the people there with uh, a little Debbie Gibson electric youth but man did I crush hard on her back in the day she was I think we all yes. did and yeah. she is still <laughs> she is still. still
1: smoking I'm sorry <laughs> sorry Annie <laughs> yeah yeah
0: sorry annie i'll probably get into the doghouse again for that but anyway she, or, or, she did say that, i wasn't in the doghouse yet so good but after right. that i may be all right so it's jim's turn now
3: yeah so i'm gonna climb back i'm gonna climb into the wayback machine for this one and we're gonna go all the way back um more than 50 years for this one and this is gonna uh, kind of go back to annie and her love of the song american woman but from the band who did it originally on the album of the same title no desertland album list is complete without the guess who's american woman from 1970 um featuring american woman no time uh no sugar tonight um They had two albums the year before that were equally as good, uh, Canned Wheat and Wheatfield Soul. But American Woman, probably of those three, is the one that I think of first. Right. Now, is this something
0: your dad was an influence on you with this? Oh,
3: yeah. My dad was a huge influence. I mean, we'd listen to the Guess Who all the time. So a lot of my influences um, that predate that that. Weird Al demarcation point in my music choice um, came from my dad. But in retrospect now, when I go back and I listen to those songs, not only do I have the fond memories of those, but I also have an appreciation for that, particularly the lead singer of that band. I mean, his grainy voice, I mean, yeah. the power behind that voice, I mean, it's very distinct. Love everything
1: that they did. You know they're still touring, right? Yeah. Yes. You know who, who was the drummer recently?
0: No. Troy Lacata.
1: Yeah. Yep. And actually, I, mean, I was talking to Annie's producer um, not too long ago. They actually, I think they actually asked him to go out on tour with, him, with them.
0: How can, I mean, they, He look, Troy is a great drummer. He always has been. For I mean, sure. It's, you know, it's just a shame. I Like I said last time, would love to see all the originals from Tesla get back together one more time. So, all right. Brian,
1: who you got, bud? How do you, should we go for a guilty pleasure, or do you, or what do you think? Oh, not,
3: yeah, I'm I'm down for a guilty pleasure.
1: Yeah, I think if we're gonna go guilty pleasure, I would have to go with uh, a newer album by uh, Lainey Wilson. Now, I, I mentioned this before. Lainey Wilson probably days. is my guilty guilty pleasure. On on your uh, yeah, you know, the last when we had you on before, you yeah. But uh, gosh, I mean, th- th- there's so many hits on this album already. You know, heart like a truck, watermelon moonshine, grease. She yeah, did yeah. I've so much- heard.
0: I will tell you this: I've heard the grease song when I take my daughter to lunch. Every time we hear it, at least one time I hear grease. The grease come on. Now you're cooking with grease. Yeah, yeah.
1: I, I feel she, like She's, she's got it. Like-
0: she's got a distinct voice. <laughs> I mean, does. that's oh, yeah. that's the thing with her. Her voice is distinct. I, my mom always said. There was, you know, and my mom doesn't listen to much music anymore, but my mom was a huge Elvis fan. And she said, there's two two distinct voices I remember and that will always stick out with me. And that's Elvis Presley and Chris Dautry. And I was like, well, you're being a little bit biased because Chris is from Lasker. But, you know, I see what she's saying. But, you know, that distinct voice, like Lainey Wilson, you know, she sticks out and she's gonna go. she's going to be big. If she isn't already big, she's going to
1: be big. I believe. Yeah, she's amazing. I feel like she's kind of bringing back the old country. I I I do too. I I really like that.
0: Okay. So you mentioned this band a little bit earlier, Brian, and uh, you got them hanging behind the wall (laughs) back there. But I went a little bit different. Tesla Great Radio Controversy. Finally got Uh, one stolen.
2: <laughs> so
0: you know I like I've told this story on here several times. I was a Tesla fan already from mechanical resonance and a friend of mine had asked me said, look, uh, my mom's taking me to see poison. Do you want to go? We were both big poison and I said, yeah I, yeah I said so we got tickets they had four or five of us we went. And Tesla was opening up for him. And this was on the uh, Great Radio Controversy Tour. This is before Love Song had been released as a single. And Love Song gets played, and I'm like, holy crap. Like I said, I'm a sucker for a ballad. But I was like, holy crap, this is going to be huge. And it was. I mean, this is probably, you know, people will say what they want to, but that's probably, you know, Unless you're a diehard, diehard Tesla fan. When people get asked, what's the song you remember Tesla for? They're probably going to say Love Song because it was their one of their biggest hits. Uh, it ends that documentary. It's that near the end of that documentary with that, which I thought was great.
1: I wasn't going to give it away. <laughs> the
0: video is awesome. Uh, but then you look at these other ones. I mean, Lady Luck is a deep cut that I love. Lady yeah. Luck. Heaven's Trail No Way Out. Uh, Lazy Days Crazy Night making magic the way it is. Paradise is right there with Love Song for me. I mean, Paradise, when they do the five-man acoustical jam and do that version of Paradise, Jeff Jeff Keith is, I mean, and you talk about
1: distinctive voice. Distinct voice, voice man. He just another amazed.
0: distinctive voice right there.
1: But, yeah,
0: I would, I would definitely say, you know, if you're bringing Mechanical Resonance, I'm bringing uh, Great Radio Controversy. With yeah. You.
1: And I'll tell you, I mean, just doing open mics and stuff like that around town. I love Tesla. I I have such a hard time covering their music. I really do. With Jeff, you can't just replicate Jeff Keith's voice. It's just another yeah, level.
0: Definitely not. I mean, there's nobody that could sound like that.
1: I'm yeah, and I've heard like, stories that he's playing down a half step or a full step now at these days. But, I mean, I yeah. don't know who could... Sustain that kind of. He's been singing for
0: almost oh, for forty years now. You can yeah. that's, see that's what kills me about these guys, you know. And I know there's a time and a place that you need to hang it up. These people that are complaining about it—the same people that well, why don't they go out on, out on the road anymore? Why don't they go out? The road? Well, I mean, when people get out there and they're giving it everything they've got, and and you're. Bad talking about it, you know what? Of course, yeah. like Paul Stanley. Paul Stanley. Hey, you Paul know what stops t-
1: right when people stop buying tickets.
0: Paul, exactly. Paul Stanley's been singing for fifty years. You think you think you could sing uh, all those times for over fifty years and sound your voice sound the same? No. So give it a rest, guys. If you don't want to <laughs> listen to it, don't listen to it. You don't want to go to the show, don't go to the show. Just give these guys a break. All right. Now that I got off my rant for a little while. What you
3: got next, Jim? All right. I'm going to have to fast forward to my guilty pleasure, um, which is a shocker based on most of the stuff that I'm talking about tonight. Um, And that is going to be Taylor Swift's 1989 album from 2014. I can listen to that over and over and over. (laughs)
2: Derek,
0: hey, there is nothing wrong with Taylor Swift. I have a one of my football players, believe it or not, he is a huge Taylor Swift fan. He lives right around the corner from me, and he, uh, what was it that came out just just a couple of weeks ago? Her, her new album with her version of that album, uh, and it right. came out. He he was he stayed up. He was up at twelve o'clock that night when it came out, so he could listen to it. I was like. It'll still be there tomorrow morning when you wake up, dude. But I mean, I would have done it back in the day like that. But yeah, Taylor Swift, she's definitely a talented. And I would not. You talking about being in the in the doghouse, Brian? I hope Annie never goes uh, Swifty in writing her lyrics because uh, you might be in trouble, big boy. <laughs> you better be you. Better be on your best behavior. But uh, yeah, I, I can't. Uh, I haven't listened to all her albums, like the self-titled album when she first came out, she did the whole Tim McGraw thing, but um, mm-hmm. she's definitely made the transition from country to, to, you know, just a, a pop artist and she does a good job with it. I, I have to take my hat off to her. I'm not a, I'm not a Taylor Swift tater at all.
1: Now I know a lot but, of people in Nashville don't really, you know, some, some people, you know, kind of say things about how she became famous or whatever, but, you know, you can't can't discount how good of a writer she is. number one. Oh, yeah. uh, just amazing talent. I mean, well, know, and you
3: know, I I, cl- I kind of classify her now because w- one of the other things that I lo- love about her are her battles against the machine that benefit all other artists. Yeah. Her yeah. and Prince are in perfect alignment in that space, and I love that aspect. But her connections with her fans um, is is something else that's amazing.
1: Yeah, she's going to go into history books as being one of the most brilliant marketing minds. Exactly. Oh, yeah. And I think Nicole's
0: oh, yeah. talking about that right now, too. Such a great business. There you go. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. But, you know, I, if I had to compare her, I mean, and we talked about this girl. Debbie Gibson was writing her own music at like 13 or 14. Same thing with Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift was writing her own stuff. Don't, you know, it, the fact that she could write all these songs, whether it be about a bad relationship or whatever, the fact that she can put together all these songs is mind-blowing to me. She does a great job with it. But uh, nothing wrong with
1: uh, Taylor Swift there. I, I I like it.
0: All right, Brian.
1: Oh, man, we're getting deep. And I will, I do want to say one more thing. Ann, while she's not really a Swiftie, her cover songs tend to get a little stabby. Oh, she knows what I
3: mean by that.
1: Like, like somebody dies in every one of them, and one of her her cover songs. I don't know what it is, but so if I hear her
3: <laughs> sing "Goodbye Earl" sometime in oh, the future, "Goodbye that Brian," that, and, uh, uh, that falls Brian. under the stabby yeah, Martha, category. Martha Divine, another
0: <laughs>
1: favorite. Just as long as she
0: doesn't change Earl to Brian, we're okay. Right?
1: Yes. Um, I'm gonna go. So I do have a few more, but I'm gonna go a little bit off the wall on this one because uh, it, it's not something that I, I I you know listened to most of my life. But recently, I've kind of kind of realized how good it is, and it, it's Fleetwood Mac. The the yeah. the um oh gosh, uh, rumors. Yes. Like every song, it is just it's just oh. one of those those albums. You you turn it on, it's like God. I've been hearing that song you know, daily for 20 years.
0: <laughs> my, my daughter, that was when she wanted, uh, she started getting into vinyl and that was one of the albums she wanted was rumors. And she, she'll play fleet with Mac in the car. She kills me though, because I'll tell you this, one of my favorite fleet with Mac songs of all times is silver Springs. And I'm not talking about the studio version. I'm talking about the concert version that he played because, I mean, it's so powerful because you look, you watch near the end, Stevie Nicks, the uh, the eyes, the daggers she's throwing at Lindsey Buckingham when she's, <laughs> oh my gosh! And I'll tell you this: people can talk about it all you want to. Lindsey Buckingham, hell of a guitar player. I, I that that solo he plays on there. I mean, yeah. And of course, it, a lot of other songs too, but the solo he plays on there, because she'll. My daughter has not downloaded the live version on her phone. She plays the studio version. I'm like, okay, that's good, but gosh, please get the live version if you
1: can play it next time. Yeah, Maybe. and I think that new that new TV show might bring a, a little. Oh yeah, yeah. Like Daisy and Daisy, uh, Daisy okay. something four. Yeah.
0: Daisy something to six or something and like that. It's supposed to be loosely based on Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. I've got to watch that. We were talking. Matter of fact, we were talking about that the other night. That uh, that was something we need to check out. So yeah, nothing. You know, that's another one that you know, like I was talking about the Eagles earlier. That's another one that Fleetwood Mac I wouldn't listen to back in the day, because that was just not in my wheelhouse, and right. I wasn't allowed to go outside my wheelhouse except for Debbie Gibson. Uh, but you know, that's some uh, that I've come to appreciate more as I've gotten older with Fleetwood Mac. You know how great they are, and uh, for sure. I mean, all right, let's see here. Do I want to get back to a rocking, or do I want to go something different? I think I'll go back with the rocking. Um, and this is going this is going to be you are talking about kind of obscure, but a great album came out in the uh, eighty. I think it was eighty seven. Came out, and uh, I am talking about former member of Kiss. Vinnie Vincent Invasion, All Systems Go. Half of this band goes on to be Slaughter with Mark Slaughter and Dana Strum. But, you know, back in the day, I was such a big Kiss fan that, you know, anytime somebody from that Kiss family put an album out, I was going to try to get it. And I did not get the debut Vinnie Vincent Invasion. I got it later on, and I do not. A lot of people love it. I don't care for it. But this one right here with Mark Slaughter one of the best voices in uh, 80s rock at the time, and does, does a ballad that was on the uh, Nightmare, one of the Nightmare on Elm Street movies called Love Kills, which was a great ballad, but an even better song that nobody knows about probably, that if Bon Jovi, Def Leppard would have took this song, it would have been a smash hit. It's one called That Time of Year. If you haven't heard it, Go check it out. I promise you, you will love it. It's it's kind of a, it's not really what you would call a ballad ballad, but it's you know it's it's not an up tempo either. But at that time of year, they do a great a great song to kick off the album called "Ashes to Ashes" that would open any rock concert back in the day and and just get the crowd into it. But yeah, and. As bad as Vinnie is at making decisions with his band, uh, if he this was probably the worst decision he ever made was to get out of this band. I mean they were they were starting, they were catching traction and if they'd have done another album with stuff like this on it, I think they would have been big because it was not it was not right before Grunge came out, but you know at, and and what I hear too, Slaughter and Strum and Bobby Rock were ready to get away from Vinny because he was just strange. Uh, and that's That's been documented over the years, too. But, yeah, all systems go.
1: If if you
0: haven't checked that album out and you're a fan of that kind of music, I promise you, you will not be disappointed.
1: Yeah, and I'll check that out, too, because I, I know for sure Mark Slaughter later. Oh, yes, this was of my favorite songs. Of the I Angels.
0: stuck with I him after that, after that. In-
1: yeah, I couldn't put that album on there. I just don't like everything on that album. But
0: Yeah, I, and I couldn't put a Slaughter album on there because the debut Slaughter album, I, there's, there's a lot I like on there, but not everyone. And then I actually like the Wildlife better than the debut, but there was, it still wasn't a you know desert island for me. So, yeah. uh, well, Fly to uh, the Angels,
1: I think, was on Stick It to You.
0: Yeah, Fly to the Angels was on the
1: debut. That's it. That's just my favorite song. I love
0: that song. There's a great, great song on uh, on the second album uh, called "Real Love," and I don't know if you remember the video. Video had Shannon Doherty on it, and uh, yeah, she was she was pretty hot back then. <laughs> but uh,
3: all right, Jim. All right, I'm going to pull another uh, guilty pleasure out of my pocket before I go back to some of my roots, uh, and that guilty pleasure. Is gonna be in uh, syncs, no strings attached from two thousand.
2: It's gonna be me. <laughs> hey,
3: I, I loved. I, I bought. I bought that CD.
0: Um, yeah, I have that
2: actually,
0: CD. Actually, what got me to buy it? Uh, this was after we, and yeah, we were married, and we were sitting there one after. It was a Saturday afternoon. You remember? I think MTV used to do the documentary of making the video. And they showed them making the video for, uh, gosh, what was the name of the,
3: the one where, where they were the puppets. Gosh. Uh, it might be No Strings Attached. That, well, that was, it was from that album, but it was. Right. Oh. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking for the. I'm, yeah.
0: I'm, I'm drawing a blank on it. I know it, it wasn't It's Gonna Be Me. and Brian's like what are y'all talking about
3: <laughs> um yeah might it might be no strings attached that's a song because I don't think it was bye 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 it was
0: it's going to be me it was it's going to be bye 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 okay. was a the one day uh it's going to be get, me uh, uh they did the other video for you. It. It, was, it was going to be me. But yeah, that, that made me, I, I kept listening to it. I was like, that's, you know, as bad as I want to say, nah. I was like, this is kind of good. So went out, bought the CD, great, great album. And then I went back and bought the, the first one. But uh, yeah, no problem with no, what was it? There was one song that my daughter used to listen to all the time on no strings. Of T- no, it was a celebrity that she she listened to.
3: Some I'll good power. When they were touring, um, there were a couple of young ladies that used to call into my uh, radio show, and they were huge fans of NSYNC, and they were going to go up and see them at Madison Square Garden, and they were in the little VIP room, and They, since they loved listening to J.C. on the air, they had J.C. Chazé call me. Uh, and oh, I a, wow. I did a quick impromptu interview with him while they were waiting to go on stage at Madison Square Garden. So that was a, That's pretty awesome. Yeah, it was pretty cool. And then, of course, you know, uh, Justin Timberlake
0: gets bigger than NSYNC. And uh, that was the end of NSYNC. And, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. My daughter and that uh, What's the guy's name? Joey Fat One?
3: I was like, no, it's Joey, Joey Fatone. Fatone. Yeah,
0: it was a failed fat one, though.
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Well, you know, him and um, uh, Lance Bass were in a movie called On the Line that was actually a, a, a pretty great rom-com that featured Lance Bass and Emmanuel Shrieky. Um really? And yeah. it's it's a really good movie from the early 2000s. Okay. Brian's like, "Let me get away from this sync stuff." No. No, <laughs> you don't.
1: Know, so, I mean, we so we hang out in that Leaper's Fork all the time and I, I know uh Justin Timberlake's mom still lives. She's I think he bought her quite a lot of land out oh, there. Oh, really? Um and you know the first time we stayed out there, we were going to stay in one of his friends' Airbnbs and they they advertised it as you know, one of those places where they kind of, you know, go to create but I, I you know and one of ann's friends is actually friends with his mom um and i know oh, wow. that there's there's a story that runs around out there about how he hired uh chris stapleton for a party or something and that's how that whole thing he happened. seems like
0: you know he seems like a, he would be a cool guy to hang out with uh, i mean i don't know i mean i know he, people yeah. put out put a, a lot of different things when they're in front of a camera but it looks like he would be a fun guy to hang out with
3: yeah, I, you I, just I, gotta watch. You just you just gotta watch out for any Christmas presents that he might give you. Uh, yeah, I will
0: not be open to any Christmas present.
3: Because <laughs> you never or know Andy what you Sandberg. might get in that box. Or Andy Samberg
0: either.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about there, buddy. <laughs> All
1: right, what you got, Brian? Um, I got to go back to uh, some '80s, '90s rock. Uh, this just reminds me of you know spending time as a teenager probably right before i got my driver's license you know kind of doing stunts out in the cul-de-sac in front of my parents house in the south side of chicago um van halen 5150 one of my favorite songs on there summer nights um you know just everything else on that on that album i, I mean you, i mean that was another we just wore that album out you know everybody
0: wanted to hear that just to see what van halen sounded like without david lee Roth, and yeah. i was one of them i bought it was, as soon as it came out but i'll tell you this you know you got the what dreams you got uh what love walks in uh what was the other one best of both worlds, both
2: worlds but i'll tell you,
0: you love. I'll yeah. tell you probably competing for my favorite song on that album is 5150. Uh, that is a killer song i remember hearing it and and you know i hadn't you know i hadn't listened to it for a while and then you know probably about a year ago i started listening to it again i think we were doing a van halen episode and i was like i forgot how good 5150 was the the song and the <laughs> album you know this has got to be right up there with one of van halen's yeah. top
1: right there but, and yeah. I, you know i'm kind of kicking myself too because i i had the stunt bike that i still that i that i rode back then you know, because I I probably just bought it and it was beautiful, um, and I sold it maybe about five or six years ago, and I can't believe how much money some of those things are worth. Oh now. yeah, it was, it was amazing. It was a GT Pro Performer. But I, I I remember vividly listening to the Summer Nights, you know, rocking all the stunts on my GT Pro Performer. <laughs>
0: summer Night, I remember that song. All right, so I'm gonna go a little different this time too. Um uh, you know, 80s rock's over, grunge is in. I'm not really into grunge, but this album comes out in 1994, and these guys take the world by storm. And I was like, I remember going to, like, I forgot where we were at, but I was hanging out with some friends of mine on the weekend. We were, they were at college. And they were like, "We're going to this country club, and we're going to see this band." You know, everybody's talking about. This is before they hit it big. And I was like, "What's the band's name?" And they were like, "Hootie and the Blowfish." And I'm like, "What the hell is a Hootie and the Blowfish?" And uh, yeah, they were pretty cool. But uh, Crack Rearview, uh, man, uh, from from Hold My Hand to uh, Only Want to Be With You, which I think is just a great song. Uh, but the best song up there. And the one I really, you, you know, you talk about feeling a song and relate to a song. But when you feel it, you feel this guy singing, let her cry. I mean, you can tell that song. He's he's feeling every bit of that. That's something, I don't know, it, it doesn't show if he wrote this or not. I mean, hold on, let me see. Yeah, he, he wrote, Darius Rucker was one of the writers here. Uh, but yeah, just incredible. And watching the video makes it even uh, that much better. Um, he said, Rucker said that he had just listened to the song, She Talks to Angels, which I definitely hear that in that the Black Crow song for the first time, and uh, listen to Bonnie Raitt. And in one stream of consciousness, he wrote the lyrics to Let Her Cry. But, yeah, you could definitely feel that emotion in that song. And, and it, you know, you got time on there. Only Want to Be With You, like we talked about earlier. But Crack Rearview, you know, that's, that's definitely, that had to be on my list as a Desert Island album.
3: All right. Nice. Jim. All right. I've got an artist. i got two albums on the list, but um, I'm going to go with the one that I've listened to the most as my desert album island, even though there's another one that I think gets an honorable mention when you mention their name. Um, It's uh, Bon Jovi. And the album that I choose is not... Slippery When Wet. Hold on now. Hold
0: on. I hope if you go in this direction, then me and you are like right there then, bud. If you go in the direction, I hope you're going in.
3: Well, I, well, I don't know because I'll be curious to hear your album, but um, I prefer the Crossroad album okay. yeah. because it does include um, some of the songs from their other albums and introduces a couple of new songs and some reimaginings of some previous songs. So, um, I had to go with Crossroad because I listened to it over and over and over and the song always in particular, um, is such a fantastic song. And then, you know, you've, you've got the classics like living on a prayer. Um, and then the, you know, blaze of glory, bad medicine, I'll be there for you. One of my favorites. And then bed of roses is another, yeah, um, Favorite of mine. So always, so, you know, I say when I do karaoke that uh, Welcome to the Jungle is often my go-to. But uh, on occasion, when I could get into that upper register in the day, Always and uh, Bed of Roses were two other ones that I could hit. Because when I could hit those high notes, um, um much like the high notes that I could hit when I was doing some Steel Dragon songs, oh, uh, wow. it just got to... Yeah, it just got to a point when my testicles were um, trying to compete for space with my eyeballs and I was like, yeah, I can't be singing songs with notes that high anymore. (laughs) So I thought for a minute there
0: when you said uh, it's not slippery. Yeah, I thought because the album that that I got introduced to Bon Jovi with was the album before Slippery was 7800 Fahrenheit. And to say that you know that's an underrated album for me in my opinion and and john just doesn't want to acknowledge it at all i mean he was he, he he talks about the production was so crappy on it which i don't i don't think it was but well
3: you know in and out of love um from yeah. that album is actually on the crossroad album yeah. so you know I, I and and to see He's such a, I think, a perfectionist in yeah. in some regard, but um, you can't deny that some of the decisions that they made from their first album to seventy eight hundred to slippery when wet, um, and then you 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 know you were talking about before with boys to men and what happened. Yeah, you know these bands or these groups and they're still out there performing, and it's not that they don't have a fan base. It's just that you don't ever hear them on like terrestrial radio anymore. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it was very different and slippery when wet in, in 1986, I remember how living on a prayer, uh, you kept bouncing that, between the number one and number oh, yeah. two spot on MTV's, um, top video of the day. Uh, but it was a fight between them and, um, the beastie boys, uh, fight for your right. you know, fight for your right. So,
0: yeah. uh, I you know. Just looking at some of the songs with 7800 though, like you said, In and Out of Love, Only Lonely. That was a freaking, the video was a freaking mini movie that I, when I saw it, I was like, okay, I got to see what happened here. What's going on with the rest of this? And then you have Silent Night and Tokyo Road, which occasionally they'll come back to some of those songs very infrequently though. Um, but I'll tell you this, and I did, I, I realized, you know, you get to a certain age with these guys and they can't write songs like they did back in the day about partying and all this stuff. But the last Bon Jovi album, the 2021 or 20, whatever it was, was God awful. It depressed me to no end because I, when I'm sitting here, you know, you don't have to write about partying and all this stuff. But when I listen to a Bon Jovi album, I want to hear something that's going to bring me up. Not, I mean, every one of those songs on that album was something depressing. I was like, dude, I, I can't, I, you know, I finished it, but I was like, oh, I can't, I will. That would be one I never listen to again. And hopefully, you know, all the rumors out there about Richie coming back, which he says he hadn't even been contacted. If they do get back together and do another album, I think they said they're doing another album with or without Richie. I hope it's, a little bit more upbeat this
2: time.
3: Well, you know, and it kind of makes me wonder when you start getting into some of these bands that have been around for decades, right? You know, one of the questions that I always ask myself is, why do some bands successfully transition into a new decade and others essentially are kicking the can, right? You know, you look at Aerosmith and their longevity, from 1970 to the 2000s. I mean, those guys are still kicking. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, Bon Jovi, they've had some ups and downs. Um, you know, Metallica experienced it too, early 80s, the 90s, you know, some of the 2000s stuff. Um, it's just something that has always fascinated me about how um, the bands that transition just do it with flair and the ones that don't, I think, are just overthinking it. They're like, oh, we've got to change our sound. But do you? Yeah. Or nah. do you just take your style and and just uh, bring it forward,
0: you know? But, you know, Bon Jovi and, and Aerosmith were two of the rare bands that made it and had hits through all the 90s when grunge was around too. Because Bon Jovi, mm-hmm. you know, up until – Gosh, I can't think of the album that that I that they kind of started dropping off with. But you know, they did "It's My Life." I think that was in the early '90s, early or late '90s, early two thousands when that came out. You know, they had hits on that album, but uh, you know, more power to them there. But like I said, you know, he wanted to make this last album political, and you know, it was just not my cup of tea. More power to you if you liked it, but. You know, I I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it more than once.
1: All right, I think, Brian. I think, so yeah, I guess I'll go guilty pleasure. Let's see. No, no. You know, I I, I only do one guilty pleasure. <laughs> okay, I got you. I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to some rock here, some really heavy rock. And I know you're not gonna like this one. It's uh Uh-oh. um. Actually, you know I'm not gonna go with that one yet. I'm gonna go back to Grunge. How's that? Um I it. was really surprised at how much grunge I actually like because I didn't really like grunge in, in you know, <laughs> in, in the whole whole era where, where we were blaming grunge for killing hair metal. But uh, yeah, I, she- I was
3: not I was not a big fan of grunge back in the day. I called it whiny ass music. Yeah. Yeah, but then. I, I like
1: like right now, I mean I I feel like Down in a Hole is probably one of my favorite songs. Yeah, know. You know? Um, but Allison changed dirt. I, I, I yeah, it's a great album I could listen to all day.
0: Yeah, I like I said, and I told somebody, and I don't think this was on a podcast, but I was talking to somebody the other night about it that I was not a fan, like like Jim said, of grunge back when it happened, uh, and mainly because I was like, you you know, you're killing you're killing my bands, you're killing the ones that I like, and you know, in some just like I said with Bon Jovi's album with depressing stuff in some ways that grunge stuff when I was listening to it and I was like, you know, this is depressing. This just sounds, some of this stuff just sounds depressing, but going back and listening to it on the album challenge, I do have to say dirt was one of them that I I had the, the the harmonies that Cantrell and Lane Staley do are like eerie and it's like nothing I've heard before. And I love
1: it. Uh, so, you know, yeah, harmonies. I don't know if they qualify as harmonies or not. So, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think it's qualify, more of a duet. Yeah. But gosh, they, it's just the, those two together are just—you know—sometimes you don't even realize who one or the other is, yeah. unless Lane Staley's like really belting something out. You know, you, you know when they're when they're in their sweet spot, it's they almost sound like the same person. Yeah,
0: I can, I agree, and you know they, they work well together. It's just a shame lane isn't around anymore and no telling what he would have done yeah still been around all right so i'm gonna get back in some 80s rock with this one and this may be one that you you guys didn't expect but uh i was a big fan of their second album i think it was their second album and really you know like i said the the whole reading the magazines hearing the build up for this one I, w- I was ready for it when it came out. I Had to go to the record store get it. Dawkins back for the attack, uh, leading off with a just a, one of the best lead-off songs, "Kiss of Death." Uh, that opening riff from George Lynch, and, and then you know, looking at some of the other other songs on "Heaven Sent," and every you know every band that did that that got into that. I think after "Theater of Pain," especially every band in that era. Had a formula. Well, okay, we've got to have an upbeat song that we released first. Then our second single is going to be a ballad, and everybody was doing power ballads. Heaven Sent was good though. uh Don at the time had a great voice. Uh, had the Dream Warriors song from from,
3: uh, from uh, Nightmare, Nightmare Elm, Elm Street Three Dream Warriors.
0: Yeah, and uh so many tears, burning like a flame, standing in the shadows you know this was a a 13 song album which you know i loved it back in the day cuz you were getting more more uh, more for your money then 63 minutes of song but just a shame that this was the at the time this was their last studio album cuz they couldn't get along i mean between don and george lynch they couldn't get along they did a live album and their last single before they broke up was called just walk away which is a great song but they have probably the hardest working man in show business playing in that band. And that's Jeff Pilsen, who's in Foreigner now and in like 40 other bands uh, along the way. That's one that's on my bucket list. The interview right there. It's Jeff Pilsen. Uh, he's done so many great things. It just seems like a nice guy. But docking was a Dockin was on the verge of being of moving into an, another tier, the upper tier of, of those 80s rock bands. And then their egos just got in the way. But this was a great album, was back for the attack.
1: And they followed up with that Lynch Mob uh, album, George Lynch. Lynch, Lynch, did mob,
0: anyway. George Lynch that Lynch was did not a bad, not a yeah. bad album. Yeah, I, I, was, uh, I haven't listened to much of the Lynch Mob stuff. I listened to it, I think, one album over right there it was really good. But, uh, yeah, just a shame they couldn't stick together. Because between this one and Under Lock and Key, I know – some people go back a little bit later than that, but uh, those two albums right there, Under Lock and Key, A Bat for the Attack, were just two great albums for me.
1: Another one of my favorites.
0: Yep. <laughs> All right.
3: Jim. Yeah, I'm perusing the list. Okay, uh, I got. Jim's
0: been looking over there at his list trying to figure out what's next.
3: He's got 50. I'm running out already. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting down
1: to my last two. <laughs>
3: All right. Well, keep me keep me posted when we're getting ready to wrap it up because I'm I'm holding on to a couple that are vying for, um, the one. You know, we'll we'll Um, probably do like let's say we do three
0: more. Okay.
3: (laughs) Um, have you got three more, Brian?
1: I'll find three more. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe I'll bring that Lenny Kravitz one (laughs) back.
0: Yeah, you really you'll get brownie points then. I know. (laughs)
3: <laughs> so you know, I I you know I already mentioned this artist once before, but um, I got I got to go with this one um, just because not only does she on this album sing some of the songs that she'd already sung, it's a live album, okay. um, but she also does a couple of covers that um, the originals were fantastic, and to hear her do them live um, was also fantastic. And it's Pink. All I know so far live. Um, You know, it includes some of her hits like um, Perfect. um, Oh, yeah. It's got, um, you know, Just Like a Pill, um, Just Give Me a Reason. But what she also does on that album is time after time. Um, she does her version of Bohemian Rhapsody and her version of We Are the Champion. So those three covers that she performs live um, are fantastic.
0: I agree with that. She, she does... Pink is like... I mean, she's just a badass. I don't oh, care yeah.
1: what anybody says. She's a badass. Oh, yeah. All right. Brian. All right. I'm going to go back to... Uh... Back to some metal, uh, and go to Countdown to Extinction, Megadot. That's the one I don't think you're gonna like. <laughs> that's
0: Symphony. That, that's that's the, got Symphony on it,
2: right?
1: It does uh, Symphony of Destruction, um, High Speed Dirt. Uh, gosh, yeah, that's just guitar players' dream album. I mean, it's it's pretty awesome. Yeah. I...
0: That was really, and I know I'll probably get bashed for this for some people. That was really the only Me- well, peace sales. I got into that. Okay, that was okay, and this album was was really one I got into more than peace sales. But uh, couldn't really get into Megadeth that much except for the pretty much the hit songs. I'll put it that way.
1: You you probably had that uh, grape with uh, Metallica. That oh that yeah, I was I was I was, <laughs> I was pro Metallica.
0: I remember that was all over the place back in the day. Uh, David staying, Uh yeah. All right, I think I've got another one here. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go go a little. And I talked about this album a little bit earlier. Uh, one of the one of the cassettes I bought on my birthday. About this, I'm throw some new edition in here. The self titled new edition album with uh, you know. You had or just remember seeing Friday night videos. The only way I could watch videos back in the day, seeing the cool it now video. And I was like, who are these guys? Because I wasn't, I, I was late to the part candy girl had already come out. And uh, I did. I was, didn't realize, is this the end was I out too. And I didn't, I missed out on that, but this came out. It was on. Um, I was a new edition fan for, for life after this. Uh, you know, they were, you talk about boy bands, they were a boy band from, from the 80s as well, uh, R&B boy band, but uh, Cool It Now, uh, Mr. Telephone Man, come on, really. <laughs> uh, and then Lost in Love was a great ballad, that was another dance, uh, a school dance song there, but uh, these guys went on to do so many great things, you know, Bobby Brown had a great career, uh, Ralph Tresvant. He did a, some solo stuff. Johnny Gill, who wasn't in the band at the time, then you had BBD. Bell Bill DeVoe comes out of this, mm-hmm. but uh, they were all so much better to me together, and uh, you know, had some problems with each other over the years. But I think they're still still going. Some of them are still going tour on tour as New Edition again. But for me, the self title album will always be be the best for me. Yeah, I still I
3: still have that on cassette tape. <laughs>
0: Look, I remember getting that, and I was like, "These guys are freaking awesome." But, uh, yeah, I had to throw that new, make sure I threw new edition in. All right, Jim, you got two more left.
3: All right, um, so many to choose from. <laughs> We're gonna have to do a part two with Jim. Um, yeah, I gotta feel <laughs> like. I gotta gotta go into the uh, the 2010s with uh, Paramore Paramore Um, I love um, I love this album and um, funny story because there was another one on my list that I was going to mention that I got introduced to uh, when I went to see paramore perform in jersey several years ago um they were opening up for fallout boy i was going to see paramore um (laughs) i got introduced to fallout boy uh going to see paramore because i just stayed around for the headliner and i was like oh okay this band's actually kind of cool so yeah paramore paramore um you know, um, I mean, it's it's just stacked. Is this the one? Oh, I can't remember the song she did. What's yeah, the, that's why I was looking for the list real quick. So, um, you know, what was that girl's name? Not look, Haley, um, Haley Williams. Yeah.
0: And I, I've got the song in my head, and I cannot think of the name of it that I that I remember.
3: Yeah. The well, this is showing up as a different, so I probably picked the wrong Paramore album. But yeah, uh, still into you is is one of the songs. Uh, nope, still into you on that album. So, yeah, I, I like all of the all of their earlier stuff. Um, but had to get Paramore on there. Okay. Well, and you uh, know the record label really tried to get her to be a, a pop, yeah, princess, and she's like, no, I, sure, I really sure, want to front a rock band, and uh, she stuck to her gun. So, loved it.
0: I'm sitting here trying to find a song that that I I, I like so much from them. I found it. Like, All right, Brian, go ahead with with yours. Ain't it fun? That was it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, So I'm going to go to uh, a band that, God, they should have never broke up, but you know how bands have problems. Um, Candlebox, the self-titled with Far Behind, Cover Me, Mother's Dream, Rain, uh, You, uh, just another awesome album.
0: I have not listened to Candlebox since probably back when I was a teenager and my, one of my friends had it and i remember it i was like who the heck is candle box but they were pretty good i remember that i'll have to i've got to put that on my list too i'm glad you brought that up Ryan.
1: yeah no one of my favorites i've seen them live um and then years later i had i've got a couple of friends that uh you know kind of had a, a little connection um you know how they 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 famously were fighting in the studio and the music oh yeah they like <laughs> like rotating through there, but apparently, um, somebody I know, uh, did some of the studio work for them. Okay. Yeah. on guitar.
3: Yeah. Speaking of, um, Candlebox, um, I just saw the other day that, uh, or a few, uh, actually just the other day that the, the drummer, uh, got tackled by the Dead Dads at a show so that <laughs> Mia Morris could come out and play drums for them or play drums at a show. Uh, and I, I got to see Mia play briefly um, at Song Suffrage this week. Uh, oh, wow. And she's a talented young lady. I mean, she's a loop artist and she's a multi instrumentalist. Yeah. And I was like, I was blown away. Definitely.
0: Yeah. It-
3: Uh yeah, I've definitely got to I'm glad you brought
0: that up, Brian, because I haven't listened to them in a while. I gotta I gotta check them out again. All right. So my second to last is a classic album back in the rock, uh 70s. I think it came out in 78. Uh the self titled Van Halen album. I mean to start off with that classic crunch of running with the devil. Uh, Eruption, You Really Got Me, then Jamie's Crying, Atomic Punk, Ice Cream Man. Uh, this was, you know, you knew when you heard this band the first time they were going to be special. I mean, not just, uh, you know, and people always ask me, said, are you a are you a Van Halen or are you a Van Hagar? I'm about 50-50 there. I like both of them. You know, I, I, I don't side with either one because each one of them with Raw like with Roth, they had a different identity. It seemed like, and it became they adapted to that that mid eighties to late eighties sound with with Hagar. Uh, can you imagine David Lee Roth singing uh, "Love Walks In"? It, it wouldn't happen. I mean, it wouldn't work. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this album, you know, and and I got into this after nineteen eighty four came out i became a van halen well 51 not fifty one fifty, but diver down is when i started listening to van halen and then went back and listened to uh some of the back stuff and you know i always heard jamie's crying and running with the devil but then to hear uh eruption and then the cover the kinks cover you really got me You 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 could tell van halen was gonna be something special but uh, you know, and, and sitting here thinking, I like this album, and you know, fifty one fifty would be right there with it. But another album of Van Halen's that I, I love, and you're gonna think y'all probably gonna think I'm crazy for this is Balance. Uh, you know, don't tell me what love can do. Uh, I can't stop loving you. There's so many. I think he does three sixteen on there the instrumental, but uh. So many good songs on that one. And that was probably, to me, the last good Van Halen album. After that, you know, just started going downhill. Three was not good. I'm sorry, Gary Sharon. You got an incredible voice, but it didn't fit with Van Halen. <laughs> All right. So last one for Jim. All i to right. wait to
3: hear this one. Uh, we're going to go way, way back again. Because I don't think any Desert Ellen album list is complete without The Who, Who's Next, from 1971. Got probably the greatest opening song and greatest closing song in album history right there. Baba O'Reilly and Won't Get Fooled Again. It's also got Bargain. I mean, just... Going back and reacquainting myself with that just to make sure that I was remembering the correct album, and I was like,
2: "Oh my gosh,
3: <laughs> yes!" Yeah, Bob, is Baba or
0: O'Reilly the one that always gets played before? uh, that one ever gets played for that TV show, what CSI or whatever? Yeah, yeah. And then won't get fooled again. I know Kiss always uses that before they before they come out for the they really uh turned the lights off I know that so yeah, yeah big they were I guess they were big influence on kiss so uh yeah the who the who we didn't have the who up here all right last one for you Brian
1: last one for me I'm going to have to go with um gosh I'm so torn I'm going to go back to to country though um I'm going to go with um Chris Stapleton starting over definitely definitely a mood yeah. album i feel like almost everything chris stapleton does is a little depressing but you know it's it it's good stuff if you're in the mood for it
0: yeah chris stapleton i mean uh, like you you talked about incredible songwriters that's another one right there he can come up with some great stuff um i just listened to an album of his that i hadn't listened to the other day and uh my daughter actually She's got, and I can't remember the name of the band he was in before then, before he went on his own, but she's got one of them. And there's, there's some pretty good, it's grown on me. First time I heard it, I, was like, I was like, who is this? And she said, well, this is Chris Stapleton, the band he was in before he went on his own. And it's grown on me over the over a few months. But, uh, you know, everybody will talk about Chris Stapleton. That's going to be another legendary national anthem to what he did at the Super Bowl. I mean, if you're gonna say some of these people out there were saying, "Oh, he 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 butchered that," you're crazy, crazy. This guy's got an incredible voice. All right, so my last one, we're gonna go, we're gonna go stay country. This is one I I added at the last minute because I, my list was up, but uh, <laughs> I had to go look and scurry and real quick. But um, and this is you know. Back in the day, they were hot. And this has come out in 1999, country. Uh, and they were known as the Dixie Chicks back then, fly. Uh Yeah,
2: you
1: know,
0: Cowboy Take Me Away. Of course, everybody loved Goodbye Earl. We talked about that a little bit earlier. Uh, Andy's ready, favorite song. Yeah, <laughs> Ready to Run. But they were, you know, like I said, sucker for a ballad. And Without You is one of the best, you know, one of the best country ballads that I heard the The harmonies they do in that song are incredible. Uh, the videos, video is pretty great, but, uh, my daughter and my wife are big, big chicks fan. They went, my daughter actually, I think this was her first concert. Well, no, her second concert. She went to see them in, uh, nearby here. And she was just talking about, it. came home said, it was the best night of my life to Eddie. Best night of my life. And I was like, you know, that's pretty great. But you know, this album was start to finish, hit after hit for me, and uh, I like this a little bit better than Wide Open Spaces. And you know, all the controversy that happened between Natalie and uh, the political comments—you know—put that to the side. These girls make some great music, uh, and I—I I like a lot of their later stuff. Uh, there was—I cannot remember the name of that song that—that I—that we listened to. Hold on, maybe I can find it. It's not on that. Anyway, uh, but yeah, there. that's going to be my last one there. So, we went through, what, 16 a piece? So, that's 40,
3: 48 albums.
2: And uh, some on honorable mentions.
3: And some honorable mentions.
2: <laughs> and yeah, and uh, You know,
0: we got everything from uh metallica to easy to uh Jimi hendrix to to tesla to debbie gibson i mean we're we're all over the place we can't say if we're trapped on that desert island for a while that we won't have a wide variety of music we may not have much food but we're gonna have a wide variety of music to to listen to so uh thank you guys i mean we've been on here for two hours i know you guys (laughs) are uh (laughs) Probably, I think all. I think all our. Well, we got one. somebody sitting in here. to Listen, I think Annie's give up. Annie probably has already. <laughs> fell Annie gave on up
1: on us. Yeah,
0: <laughs> he probably gave up on us. But anyway, thank you guys for coming on. Brian, as always, you know, two timer now. Sorry, Annie. Jim, it was so nice to meet you, bud. And, and to get you to too. To you. We'll definitely have. You know, we'll, we'll have to come up with a. We need to come up with a, a like a round table discussion. Maybe we'll have like different topics to talk about and, uh, pick each other's brain on. So,
1: uh, Cause, uh, I want to take take Jim out to do uh, karaoke now, too. Yeah, I want
0: to I hear, <laughs> hear some yeah, of that. You
3: know what, though? Uh, I feel like you guys would have been uh, in for a much better show had we done that in the 90s when I could still hit some of is those there, really high notes. There,
0: <laughs> I, and I'm going to ask Nicole if she's out there listening. Is there any video of this? Can you get video next time he yeah, does karaoke good. so we can uh, – <laughs>
3: Well, you know, I have I, I have wondered, um, and I'll have to see if my uh, uncle or my cousin might have it. Um, oh, wow. But my cousin at her bridal shower, <laughs> I did welcome to the jungle during the karaoke. Oh, and it God was, it was, it. it was, a it was a standing ovation. I was doing the Davy Jones dance. I was leaning back. I was yes. belting it out. Wow. And that's when I could hit the high note. That was back in the nineties.
0: Nicole, so. I know you're still listening. Cause I saw you just comment. Nicole's comment was, ha 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 ha. <laughs> <laughs> if it's out there, Nicole, you got to hook us up. You gotta hook us up. Wait, Next she them with them or at them? well and you know
3: a little fun fact you know because you know my my tag of everything that i've done the bottom you know
2: yeah um
3: but there was there was a point in in life even where i had to choose between going in the marine corps or uh, a group of friends kept asking me to be the lead singer of their uh rock and metal band so I, i there was a point in my life where i had considered i mean like i said i could i could belt out uh Never let you go by um was Steelheart. Steelheart. Yeah, I could what? I could I could hit that note back in the day, yeah. Dude, geez, yeah.
0: that that's 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 some out of the, out of this world stuff right there. They try to hit oh, that guy. I know. And that guy can still do it. You know that?
3: That's insane.
0: Yeah, they would I was listening to uh somebody's podcast the other day they were talking about i think it was potter and hill podcast and they were talking about that guy was still out there playing and could still hit that note i'm like holy crap
1: That's
0: but insane. um just glancing through uh because i was glancing through a while ago when we said three more and i said i only got I only got two more just glancing <laughs> through some stuff but you know if if we were doing like a greatest hits uh Holland Oats would definitely have been one that I probably would have to put up here because I love some Holland Oaks. Um we did the Eagles.
3: Yeah, I would have had the
0: ultimate Queen yeah, on there. Queen, yeah. I could see that. Uh, Journey greatest hit. Journeys Journeys
2: Journey was yeah. on
0: was actually uh Elton John would be another one. Um Elvis My mom was a huge Elvis fan, so I was listening to Elvis every Saturday while she cleaned the house.
3: Yeah, I had a buddy, I had uh, my buddy Michael, he texted me when he saw that I was going to be on here tonight. And he said, uh, you know, um, something about Elvis. He's like, if your desert albums don't include from Elvis in Memphis, your list is flawed. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> I was
0: just looking the other. I think I posted it, but I think in nineteen was it seventy seven? It came out the Moody Blue album, and I just remember that because you know every every vinyl now that comes out is like a paint color scheme splattered or something like that. That Moody Blue album was blue back in the day, and I I, I don't remember seeing another album that was colored like that. I'm sure there was some, but when my mom got it. And she was like, she had to get on me several times. Don't take that album out and put your hands all over it. I was like, I'm just looking at it. <laughs> just looking at it. But, yeah. Um, George Strait. I could have put the Pure Country soundtrack up here. Oh, that was, yeah. That, that was, you know, I remember that's what made me. I was late to the George Strait thing, like I said. But watching that but well, You know.
3: When we start even talking about movie soundtracks, and then we're going to start say, talking about yeah, Forrest Gump and a whole other show. Holy Highlander and up for another show. Dune. Yeah. And, you know, I, all, I I have on my list, I didn't mention it tonight, is, you know, I think it's understood Michael Jackson's Thriller album. Oh, yeah. And, uh was fantastic. But three of the studio musicians that played on that album were also members of Toto.
0: Yeah, Steve Lukather was one of them. Yeah. I remember that. I didn't yeah. know the other two.
3: Yeah, who were they, Jim? Ah, you yeah. asked me too fast. Um, <laughs> I just heard this the other night when we were doing trivia too. Um,
1: <laughs> this is what one of the members of Toto played on Annie's album too. Buddy oh, yeah.
3: high. yeah. Let me look that up real quick.
0: I'm just glancing through here. The the Grease soundtrack would be a soundtrack. It would be good. Oh, yeah.
1: Nightmare. <laughs> Dream Warriors. Got to have the docking on there.
2: Yeah. Mm.
0: The
1: Terminator one.
0: What, with Guns N' Roses?
1: Terminator 2 or 3, one of it's those.
0: Two, with, that was one with Guns N' Roses, Two. Yeah. Jeez. I think I picked pretty much, oh. Kenny Chesney I should have put on here. Kenny Rogers' greatest hits. We could have cheated and got that. But, yeah. So, there. there's so many. Yeah, I so could s-
3: yeah, Steve Percaro, um Steve Lukather, and wh- where's the other one? I can't, I <laughs> <He's can't. back. laughs> What's
0: that? Annie's back. That's what we were we were wondering about her, and then she said, "What kind of trouble y'all getting in?" No, and then,
1: I heard I heard the dogs were going a little crazy. I think she took two and out. a half
0: hours of trouble, <laughs> <laughs> and then
1: yeah, so. Uh, but yeah, we'll
0: definitely have to come up with some ideas for, for our next one. Maybe soundtracks will be be the uh be the thing to do next time if y- if y'all are up for that. Yeah,
1: we came up with some pretty obscure a couple you know, a while back we came up with some pretty obscure albums that had connections to other artists too. That was kind of cool.
0: Yeah, that was cool. Um You think about you know, you're talking about thriller though. I, I put a clip up the other day and I forgot about it. And I saw it. And I was like, I was amazed at on the Jacksons when they did that victory tour and Eddie Van Halen, it, it was coming through town and got on stage with him on that victory tour, played the guitar. So he, Michael Jackson did beat it that night and uh, did the guitar solo. That I was like, Phew. and did you know, Jim being the weird Al fan that you are on eat it? Who did the guitar solo? Do you know?
3: Trivia. You want some trivia here? Yeah. No, I don't know.
0: It's been many, many years. Rock and roll hoochie coo himself, Rick Derringer. Oh, okay. And he did the Hulk Hogan song too. But
3: uh, uh he um, w- well, Weird Al Weird Al appears in the um, Weezer cover of um. was it Africa
0: yeah yeah I think you're yeah. right
1: I don't think I would have been surprised if weird Al did that solo on I mean, he's a pretty good musician himself
3: oh yeah
0: oh yeah he wanted but he wanted it uh, because we talked about this in the uh, in the top ten uh, Brad was real knowledgeable he, he said he wanted it as close to uh, Eddie Van Halen solo as he could possibly get and the first person that popped in my mind because I didn't know it at the time was uh steve Lukather because i met and, and i just got it mixed up where he did play on the thriller album but uh yeah rick derringer definitely makes sense there because rick derringer i think was also producing the albums as well all right any last words guys before we get out of here <laughs> <laughs> well, next good time, time next Thanks, time dude. Brian. yeah thank you all for coming on Next time, Brian, we're gonna to have to update our uh, bottom line here to make us look, <laughs> no. look as good as, as Jim yeah, down here. I, get, I, get type I, don't know, now. I don't know what I'll have to come up with. Uh
3: I don't well, maybe I'll just truncate mine into a bit.ly no, or something even, next even time.
0: So we can so we can uh, we can try to match it next time. Yeah. We'll come up with something. <laughs> All right, guys, that's going to do it. I hope you guys have enjoyed this. It's been two and a half hours. I know Annie has, uh, Annie and Nicole have enjoyed uh, watching this, making sure we stayed out of trouble. But, uh, guys, that's going to do it for our Desert Island albums list. You guys have a great night,
2: and we'll see you next time on the fly. Good night. Good night.